0: The following is brought to you by the Social Suplex Podcast Network. Network.
1: You're listening to the Ricky and Clyde Wrestling Show. Listener discretion is advised
0: at all times.
2: And thank you once again for downloading and listening to another episode of the Ricky and Clive Wrestling Show, part of the social superplex podcast network. (laughs) Uh,
0: This is not going to stick.
2: Uh, I'm going to get it over somehow. I'll try my best. (laughs) My name is Clive and I am joined by my co-host Ricky. Good evening, Ricky.
0: Good evening. How are you?
2: I'm all right, thank you. And we are joined by friend of the show, Chair Short Radio World Class Daily co-host and co-host also of The Outsider's Edge on the Social Superplex Podcast Network, Rance Morris. Good evening, Rance.
1: You forgot a few extra things. you got to add part-time McMahon. (laughs) 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 Part-time? I'm telling you. Part-time? Yeah, yeah, part-time, right? When he does stupid stuff, I can't claim daddy. Can't do it. Um... You got... I'm also the junior member of the Avengers. <laughs> I'm also going to replace Rick Grimes or, or on The Walking Dead next season. So, there you go.
2: I'm fi- but I'm doing great. How are you? Well, I'm finally going to see the Avengers this Saturday.
1: You are like... Like, bruh. Like, I might as well spoil it. It's like you're way too late now.
2: Well... I do know that Bruce Willis is a ghost the whole way through the film. I know that much.
1: Oh, yes. You're going to love the movie then. Yeah. You're going to love the movie
2: then. (laughs) Right. We are here, believe it or not, to discuss all things NXT tonight in a special celebration of the upcoming 20th TakeOver, which will be in Chicago, part of Money in the Bank Weekend. And over the last few weeks, I've been asking you all to take part in a survey where we look at best male champ, female champ, non-champs, tag teams, favourite matches, and we got quite a good response, I'm quite chuffed, with overall we got 50 responses, more than I thought, it was quite a hassle putting it, collating it all together, but I've got there. So tonight we'll be discussing these results, as well as looking at the upcoming takeover card, which looks like a doozy, if I do say so myself. So, will we we'll just get tore into it? Is there anything you want to talk about first before we discuss the results, guys?
1: Um, no, not really. Right. If you're not, if you're not, well, real, real quick, if you're not watching NXT, you're missing the best WWE product on television.
2: Uh uh-huh. it's. Um, I think it's reaching another one of those sick peak periods where it's just every episode is top notch. Well.
1: Since you said that, think about this. You're the 205 Live guy, right? Mm Mm-hmm. I I don't think I'm giving anything away by saying this. And if I am, I apologize to you, anybody listening. But NXT is so stacked, Leo Rush got called up to 205. Yes. Because they had nothing to do. That's how stacked they are. Leo
2: Rush. Could that be considered a punishment for his Emma comments? (laughs)
1: He's (laughs) past that. I think we're past that.
2: Yeah. That'll be quite good to see actually. Um I'm looking forward to whenever that happens. But you're yeah, right, NXT is just It is the super indie card. It's a super indie show. And I know you've got all in coming up, but NXT's roster is packed to the rafters. Do
1: it. It's all in every Wednesday. <laughs> oh.
2: For just nine
1: ninety nine. There you go, look at you. <laughs> Free for first month subscribers. Mm-hmm. You yeah, gotta get that family money. That's nine ninety nine sterling. Like we pay more than Americans. I know. Well, but nobody told y'all to go and use sterling. Okay. <laughs> or Euros or Francs <laughs> or whatever else is in Europe. There are dollars. I'm just playing. Because y'all y'all still have been around longer than ours, so
2: Right. there's no way to sort of introduce this exquisitely, so I'm just going to just hammer in there. We're going to start off with the best male champion. So there's been quite a few... Let me see, we've got... We'll go with the top three, right? So with eight votes out of the 50, we've got Kevin Owens. Nine votes was Adrian Neville and Andre Dalmas. And 12 votes goes to Finn Balor. You did have people voting for the likes of Samoa Joe... Bobby Roode, Alistair Black, Sami Zayn, Seth Rollins, Drew McIntyre and Nakamura. But it was Owens, Neville, Almas and Finn who Neville and Almas came joint second. Rance, would you say that's a fair reading for the best champions that we've had?
1: Yes. um, I would like to see a little more love go to Seth because he kind of reads Built the brand.
2: Uh-huh.
1: But I, I will say this. And this is no diss to this dude because I know you're a super fan of him and I love the guy from a wrestler standpoint. But I am really surprised Neville came in second because I didn't think people remembered his, his, his run. And
2: you know? I know. Nine votes he got as well.
1: That's a lot of votes. And the man is tremendous. He's a great champion. And he did have, he did. Was in the championship match or the champion for the first four NAC events.
2: I think Arrival,
1: so. A he, he beat Bo Dallas in a ladder match. Then he beat uh, Tyson and Kidd. Then he won the Fatal Four-Way. Uh, and then the next one was Sammy.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: So, yeah. It, so, he was in four straight. So, yeah. He was a great champion. Great matches. But it's just been so long ago. I'm surprised people remember.
2: Uh-huh. Because was one, one of the themes that I thought was coming through from this was that there was a few of the more recent acts or matches that had been part of the card, and I was going to ask whether you think that's just because it's fresh in people's memories, or if it's Andre
1: just... Audrey c and I was being one of those, yeah. yeah.
2: Or if it's just a case of NXT has been perfected and honed to such a degree that it's just currently the best it's been. But there are a few picks later on that wonder categories that you would question... Well, not questioned, but there's a couple of controversial picks in there. Um, who did, did you do the survey, Lance? Who did you pick for it?
1: I picked Finn. And mm. I picked Finn because not only was he the champ the longest, essentially, um, but he was the champ as NXT took that step. It wasn't just our developmental group that has a TV show. NXT, when he became champion, when he started his rise in... He didn't win the championship on the NXT show. It was at the, the Beast in the East, but his first title defense, if you will, was at uh, Brooklyn 1 uh-huh. in the letter match against Kevin Owens, right? Yes. And that's the show that took them from doing a 1,000 people to being able to fill stadiums every night. He was the leader of that actual growth. Uh so yeah I I, I just think he was the best and most notable NXT champion plus run through the guys he feuded with and he beat my god it's better than any other champ I'd argue except for Andrade but Andrade just happened to hit a hot streak at the right time
2: it was a hot streak and it was so concentrated that it just it was a short time but the quality of him as champion was probably how he got so many votes Ricky who did you vote for?
0: I also voted Finn, <clears throat> pretty much for the exact same reasons as Rance. Um Because when looking back on it, I remember at the time a lot of people felt it's time for Finn to "quote unquote" move up to the main roster. But there was a lot of reports circling that Triple H wanted to keep him because he wanted Finn to sort of be the face of NXT while they make this next step, potentially moving into a a third brand at the time. And potentially being branching away from sort of WWE, so they're not really. We don't want to be seen as the minor leagues. And then I we think we are going to try and do some live events around the country as well. So yeah, I went with Finn. Um, I'm kind of surprised that people remember um, Neville. Um, I, I, like I said I, I agree with Ranch as well. I'm kind of su- also quite surprised Nakamura only got the one vote. Yeah.
2: Um,
0: it- I mean, I wouldn't say his, his, I suppose, thinking back on his reign, wasn't it, wasn't, I wouldn't say it was underwhelming, but I'm still kind of surprised he only garnered
1: one vote. Can you name me one feud Nakamura was in besides Joe?
0: I, I like the Bobby
1: Roode feud. So, I'm, okay, so I'm surprised you remember that. Mm-hmm. It was my point. It was a good feud. I was there for that match at San Antonio. Mm-hmm. Um, but I just don't know that people remember his feuds an NXT as champion more than they remember like the classic matches like with Sami Zayn or with Finn Balor that's all I'm saying
2: mm-hmm.
0: yeah, yeah. And, and to sort of like you said you don't know if there's like a recency bias I suppose in a sense it is but at the same time when people are putting down Neville the kind of that shows you that people are sort of thinking back from just the last 24 months cause like um, cause but like you say, it's like Seth as well. I, I was sort of expecting him to garner a few more votes. Um, but yeah, I think Finn for me was unanimous. Um, I don't think that was a that didn't take me long to think about. To be honest, uh, once I made my decision, I just sort of sat and thinking like, can I think go anywhere else? But no, for me, it was a definitive Finn.
2: Well, I was thinking I was thinking about Finn, and you know yourself, Ricky, that I was a big fan of him before he became the champion in NXT as well as during. I thought the Samoa Joe feud went on a bit too long. I thought it peaked during the Takeover Dallas match. But you know, you also know that Kevin Owens is just my guy. And although it was a reasonably, relatively short time that he had the title, the storyline with him and Sami Zayn, there was, there was a certain grit to it, a real reality that I'd really got behind. And even with Kevin Owens when he was a, supposedly injured for a couple of weeks or a couple of months or so, he had this TV rivalry with Alex Riley when he was on the commentary team. He uh, did, yeah. <laughs> that was fantastic stuff.
1: Yeah,
0: you know, I'm um, so I wasn't watching like on a weekly basis uh, NXT back then. So I would I would watch it as and when I could, sort of thing. But I remember. It was roundabout when Kevin Owens had the title, and you were telling me about Kevin Owens. Like, and do you remember when I think it was the first time Itami got injured, and they ran an angle on just a normal NXT show, and I think he was outside either in the parking lot or
2: just Uh outside
0: in the entrance area, and Itami was lying on the the pay per view,
2: right?
0: And he was on the floor, sort of like selling his injury. I think it was his shoulder. The first time he injured it. Mm-hmm. And Kevin Owens walked past and goes something to, didn't didn't break stride. Just looked down at him and goes, oh, that's unfortunate. And
1: it's like,
2: yeah, <laughs> <laughs> oh, that's a shame. I... <laughs> oh, you're a, you're a real piece of work.
1: <laughs> and one other thing I'll say for Kevin Owens, just for to give him credit for possibly getting more votes or the votes he did, he is the only NXT champion to bring it to the main roster.
2: Yes, that's what I was going to pick up on. He had the. To... Like there was a back and forth, obviously there were they had to time it well with regards to tapings, but the back and forth between NXT and Monday Night Raw when they had the thing going on with John Cena, that gave it a feel that it was like Ric Flair in the Territory Days. Not that I was there to see Rick Flair in the Territories, but it gave it this feel that the NXT title was being seen by a much wider audience at that time and it gave Kevin Owens a real a real presence, and I'd really enjoyed that. And when he was coming on to NXT at the time, wearing the, do you remember the, the champ is here? And Cena had the US title t shirt. Yeah, he had the NXT title, yeah. He was wearing that on NXT. I thought, you're just, your heel work is just top notch right now, pal. So it is. Yeah. So I did deliberate over Finn because I think, from a fan perspective, the, the money that he probably bought in, even just down to merchandise, I mean, the first time that he the first takeover he had in that entrance and the crowd were like, chanting holy shit at his entrance I just thought this guy is he is a superstar in the making and he is doing very well for himself I have to say. There's a couple of creative mishaps along the way, but he's a favourite on Raw right now. But Kevin Owens just for me he wins it. I'm not surprised that Finn won with tw- twelve votes. Neville and Almas they got a good show in there. Um So we'll move on to the best male non-champ. So there are a few people that got one vote and I'm wondering if either these people are voting based on when these people were not a champion or if it's just trolls (laughs) because... (laughs) I put it on Reddit and there's a few answers here like the likes of Balor, KO and I'm wondering if it's maybe just a mistake but there is also Kona Reeves in there and I can confirm I did not put in that Kona Reeves what? submission?
1: <laughs> no way.
2: It wasn't no me. Way. I might have paid someone to do it, but it wasn't me.
1: He is the finest.
2: Yes. Uh,
1: I feel like he's. I feel like we're contractually obligated to say that every time we say his name.
2: Uh-huh. <laughs> and it's not going to be NX3 for long. It will be NX Reeves by this time Again, next year.
1: Can I make the argument? And I'm. I'm behind Lars. I know this. We're going to offer the tangent real quick, but. I'm behind Lars, but can I make the argument that EC3 might have should have got the title first, yeah. or the the at least the spot first against Alster? Okay, is it too early for that?
0: Um, I, I, so I don't think I'm spoiling anything here. So last week, where Gargano came down, um. Seemingly out of nowhere, we interrupted um, EC3. Yeah. So I don't know. A lot. Of, like, I know Caleb, for instance, thinks that's obviously going to be where they're going to go next, and maybe that is. Maybe they're planting seeds for that. I I thought maybe they would do EC3 Alistair Black at Takeover at SummerSlam time. Okay. Um, I'm okay with that. Yeah. As am I. Beca- beca- because I think Alistair Black's more than ready for quote unquote the main roster. Um, so I'm not expecting like a like a Finn Balor kind of reign from Alistair Black. I'm almost expecting something like Almas four four months or so, four or five months with the title, and then I think it might come up after that. So no, I I would I think EC three. I, I wouldn't have complained if we got EC three um, next weekend against Alistair Black. I, I just think it's I, it's not. I wouldn't say it's too early. It's not too early, and I don't think it's. Uh, it's going to do him any harm waiting an extra couple of months until August time. So, yeah, like I, 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 I think I would probably would do what they're doing, hold off on it, um, because I think we're going to get that at the next takeover.
2: Okay. He did actually get a vote, just the one vote in the survey, along with the likes of Adam Cole. Even Cesaro got a cheeky nod. Kona Reeves, as I said, Hideo Itami, Ricochet, Roderick Strong, Ty Dillinger. Done so the top three. I'm going to say I'm going to leave the third person to last because I thought it was quite interesting how many how much percent this person got. So in second place, we got Velveteen Dream with 14 votes, that's 28%. A whopping 38%, 19 votes was Johnny Gargano. I Who's
1: thought, the right winner?
2: I'd say so. Um, but with six votes, 12% was Tyler Breeze. Yeah,
1: oh, like.
0: Sorry, I don't. I don't I keep talking here? But like, I think people kind of forget just how good he actually is. Mm-hmm. But, like I know, but always, always doing these funny things with Breezango, uh, with uh, but the fashion files etc. But I think a lot of people kind of forget just how 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 much of a talent he is and and how much his gimmick at the time when he had the whole Prince party coming down with the selfie stick etc. And how irritating, and annoying that was is like. Um, like he was he was real good in NXT and I think a lot of people were kind of forgetting and sleeping just how how much of a talent he actually is.
2: Uh-huh.
0: Because he was also he was involved in one of the uh one of the absolute best title matches um on NXT with that fatal, fatal fatal for And I think I yeah. I think at the time I'm pretty certain that was Meltzer's all time favourite NXT match until Gargano Almas, I believe, or it was it was his highest ranked no. NXT match or something, was it not?
1: No, Bailey Sasha had to pass that eventually. Right. So male match, was, maybe, but yeah. NXT yeah, got
0: classics. Mail, yeah. So let's see, I think a lot. Of, I think a lot of people are really. Ma- maybe they just they've
1: forgotten just how good he is, but I'm not really too surprised at that. Well, let me ask: you, Are you are you surprised that more people didn't vote for him, or are you surprised so many people voted for him? No, I'm neither. I'm not surprised that he got that many votes because I think a lot
0: of people do remember just how uh-huh. good he actually was in NXT or, or how good he actually can be.
2: It's a nice recognition of his work because first and foremost, there's a Fatal 4-Way match. He had an excellent mini TV series with Itami, which lasted mm-hmm. a few weeks. Um, but NXT is all about developing your character and your gimmick. you could argue that not many nailed their gimmick with such precision than Tyler Breeze. Mm -hmm. I I was listening to, I can't remember that guy's name, he's got an afro and he does podcasts. Um, Sam Roberts? Sam Roberts? Sam Roberts. Tyler Breeze was on Sam Roberts and they were discussing um, Tyler Breeze's Brooklyn entrance and what they wanted to do was have Drones hold his ca- hold his camera phone for him. He was wanting to do that. It's just logistics or technical difficulties he they didn't end up doing that. But things like that and the selfie stick, when the, rev- the referee's breaking up a count, he screams at them, don't touch me because he's just so... he wants to be perfect, Prince Pretty. Mm-hmm. It was really... I, I really enjoyed his time in NXT. It was one of those ones where with his gimmick he probably wouldn't have gotten a title shot. And it's the same on the main roster. But there is a place for people like him on the whole roster. He might be a mid-card act, but he's a very entertaining mid-card act. And he has shown that since then. Um, well... On you go.
1: Well, oh, I'm sorry, I was going to say, I voted for him. Did you? That's why I was I was curious to know what you guys thought before I said anything. I voted for Tyler Breeze. I've been watching NXT, like I said, since the very first rebrand episode. When Dusty Rose came out and said, Alright, baby, we have an a tenement. Like, I've been watching <laughs> since the very beginning when he was still Mike Dalton. And I remember watching Breaking Ground and them showing him, basically say, look, get a new gimmick and get fired.
2: That's right.
1: And what he's come up with and the little quirks of the gimmick, just stuff like he's living in seasonal residences and it changes every, like, three months. Oh, oh brilliant. You know, just the little quirks like that. Or um, he, he had the old Rey Mysterio thing where he never... Wore the same clothes twice, you realize how expensive and how hard that is. You know, just a little quirks, and then from just from an in ring standpoint, Mike Dalton could always go. Why Tyler actually gave him an opportunity, right? Yeah, he he actually gave Tyler gave him an uh, opportunity to actually connect with the crowd, but he got classics. He was in uh the number one contenders match with Sami Zayn when he beat Sami Zayn, the Fatal Four Way. He was in the number one contenders match with uh, Finn Balor. That's right. It was supposed to be a triple threat, but that's when Tommy got hurt. Mm-hmm. You know he had he had the honor of letting Jushin Thunder Liger wrestle his first match in WWE, and they picked Tyler. That's the honor and the esteem they hold him in. You know, then his match with Neville on Free TV, he got classics. So uh, we forget about him because he didn't win championship, and uh, but. What I love about Tim more than anything is NXT has glue guys, right? Like Sammy is probably the most known glue guy Mm -hmm. to hold the hold everything together, even if he's not the champion. Joe was a glue guy for a long. Like they have Bailey was a glue girl. They have glue people, right? Yeah. Tyler was the first because you couldn't do anything on the card. Like so, when you built the card, you said, "All right, well, we got to get the championship matches." And what's Tyler going to do? Right. You know what I mean? And that's the level of esteem he was and how he lifted up the brand.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: So, yeah, I picked Tyler. it's
2: you know, similar f- for me to the person who came second place, Velveteen Dream. He was my vote. Um, he's one of those ones who's got his gimmick nailed perfectly. And mm-hmm. he's in a very, very good place right now. He's rubbed shoulders with all the, the internet darlings over the last wee while. He's got this this character which is sort of over-sexualised to the point where it's supposed to be seen as a threat to his opponent. Um, But we were talking about this in the chat a wee while ago. I think this over-exaggerated sort of sexual threat that he poses is just a front and he comes across sometimes. like There's very small moments in matches where he looks like a deer caught in the headlights when he's facing off against his opponents. And I think that speaks of it's as if he's portraying a very subtle insecurity in his own in his own abilities. So when the likes of Alistair Black said enjoy infamy Velveteen Dream eh, that wasn't just a you said my name, I have power over you that was, he needed that acceptance and that's been his journey since then acceptance that people like Alistair Black recognise who he is that he's able to deliver a powerful punch to the likes of Cassius Ono um I mean see that ladder the ladder match for the North American title when he was 20 feet in the air the crowd reaction made me think this guy that wasn't a superstar uh-huh I mean I, I mean baby face superstar
1: Yeah but, absolutely either either one he, he's very very possibly could do it
2: yeah Mhm uh, it's just been this amazing journey and that everyone the most viral gift that NXT have had in a long time where Dream says anything you can do I can do better to ricochet and ricochet somersaults <laughs> oh, oh, <summer> <laughs> over the ring and just lands on his feet and as far as I'm aware Velveteen Dream's draw still hasn't come off the floor um, so yep. he, that's a threat that's posed to him where he says he can do everything but he can't do those flips so I think we may actually see some high flying stuff from Dream and his attempts to Gain more acceptance from his peers, and I just think it's if you look past the the prince look, the sort of colourful shades, the scarfs, and all that stuff. There's a really nuanced character there, and it's fascinating right now. What about yourself, Ricky? Do you do you feel the same about Dream? Did you pick him at all?
0: Well, first things first, I would wear the hell out of every single one of his outfits.
2: <laughs> God okay. damn, pal.
0: <laughs> Not shot. Not shot at all. Um, no I didn't the pick bo- the my boost picks. too. Oh, everything. Everything. Especially those especially those glasses. <laughs> um I I didn't pick him, I went Gargano. But yeah, everything <laughs> everything you say is, is is absolute spot on Clive. I didn't think you were gonna mention the where Ricochet flipped over and and it looked like Dream had literally just seen a ghost. Um, yeah, I, I I agree. I think he's got massive, massive potential as a babyface. Uh, obviously, the frightening thing is he's only, what, 22, 23, so for me, there's no real... There's no rush to accelerate him, give him the title or, or accelerate him onto the, the main roster, etc. Um, but just a uh, just to touch on something else, I I picked Gargano, but I was also kind of surprised at the same time that tommaso um, Ciampa didn't get any votes. But I think probably more so because of the last year he's been out.
2: Mm-hmm. I think
0: if he wasn't injured, I think he would have he would have garnered some votes.
1: It's because he's a real heel. He's mm-hmm. a real heel to the point where that like there's no redeeming qualities of this human being at all. Yeah, you know, it's past the point of oh yeah, we know he's bad on TV, but. Yeah, he's t- no, like people hate him.
2: Mm-hmm. And see, for all those people on social media who think Champa is excellent, forget yourself. You- I'm, one
1: <laughs> so I'm one of them too.
2: <laughs> no, no. This man is a bad man.
0: So, uh, <laughs> just, just so people are aware, every single time you see something along the lines that Ricky and Clive like or retweet something from Tommaso Champa, that's me that's doing it. Uh
2: huh. Any- definitely not Clive. And anyone who retweets. Conor Reeves Daily Diary that's me I don't know I'm
1: telling you I'm I'm gonna get Connor on the, sh- on the show for you so you can interview your favorite wrestler
2: he can talk me through the mechanics of the Hawaiian drop
1: oh let's talk guys you guys listening me Ricky and Clive have a group chat and the the background picture of our group is Conor Reeves face <laughs> <laughs> Yeah,
2: the finest grill on the internet. Yep, um,
1: he, he is the finest.
2: <laughs> oh, but oh we've really not got time for tangents tonight, but sometimes we just can't help ourselves, can we? So you'd mentioned there, Ricky, that Johnny Gargano got your vote. I understand why he's had quite the arc over the last year or so. It's coming up for a year now, actually, since Champa betrayed him. Mm -hmm. And he's had quite the year since. A year,
1: actually, at TakeOver Chicago.
2: A calendar year, yeah. well, Three, six, four days or something like that. Mm -hmm. So, Ricky, tell us why you picked Johnny Gargano.
0: Before Daniel Bryan came back, he was your, for me anyway, in my opinion, like, your perfect baby face. Like he was if you needed if you needed a Daniel Bryan two for instance, he was the one. And and in, in probably potentially is. I think he's now had what, two back to back five star matches on the uh, consecutive takeovers. Um two, yeah. Yeah two. So you had the one with um, Almas and then just recently with Tommaso Champa. The one next weekend could for, could well be a five star. Like I don't you don't want to throw that around too loosely, too lightly. But if it's not then you would be kind of surprised. Talent wise he's every bit as good as anyone in the company in Ringability. But for me it's it's just more so he's just he's very relatable. I I, I, I I look at him in the sense the same way that I looked at Daniel Bryan, like like in terms of his character and everything, his gimmick. In it, it, like I say, is I just can't get past the whole idea that that is your potential face of your company, not just NXT but the WWE in general.
1: You think so, Johnny Gargano? Yes. Okay. I don't know that I disagree. I just never it never crossed <clears throat> my mind to think about it. Like I. I If and when
0: he comes up to the main roster, I think he, he. It depends how you go about booking him. Um, Can he get lost on the main roster? Absolutely, of course. Should he is a different is a different matter altogether. Um, But I just for me, there's so many parallels
1: between him and Daniel Bryan. Let me ask you this. I'm I'm sorry. Let me ask you this, and on the reason I say. I'm I'm gonna play devil's advocate and I'm gonna be have to be have to be that that old guy who was like, Oh well he's small. Oh. You remember the match he had with Cashisono? Mm-hmm. Remember how great it was? Mm-hmm. Yes. Remember how unreal remember how unrealistic it was when he won that match?
0: I, I I that's that's the that's the worrying thing. He looks about I don't know his official height and weight, etc. at the moment. Five nine hundred hundred
1: and seventy five
0: <laughs> I, I I wouldn't even think he was five nine looking at him.
2: See the thing no, with no, a. No,
0: go,
1: oh, go! I'm sorry. Go sorry
2: ahead. the thing with a Cassius Ono match is it's unrealistic when anyone beats him, because
1: it should be. Yeah. Uh,
2: so ono, ono has a move set where every move has an impact, and the just the presence of a finishing move. So anything he does, it just you should be finishing that person straight away. So whenever he gets beat, he's in a sort of awkward place with that in mind.
0: So I'll right, Clive. This might go slightly over your head, right? So I'm going to just specifically speak to Vance because I know you like boxing. Yes. So maybe maybe my the, the comparison is completely wrong. So you can just feel free to stop me or just say, no, that's utter BS. So think back about... You don't probably need to go too far back. If you go back, say, five years or even if you go back about 15 years when Floyd Mayweather moved up to take on Diego Corrales, mm. Corrales was bigger, stronger, etc, etc but Mayweather was faster, had the better footwork had the better defence, had the better um, boxing IQ so if you would like yep, exactly, if you liken that to Gargano being Mayweather and Ono being Corrales, you would always say technique and precision etc, IQ, game plan etc overcomes the raw brutal power of someone that that would be my only thing because I saw I've I've actually witnessed it in fights to make me yeah. believe well this can actually happen inside a WWE ring. I understand like the yeah. weight differences etc were so were huge, much much bigger than the Mayweather-Corrales. Uh, even May I wouldn't even compare it to Mayweather-Canelo Alvarez because at that point Alvarez was so young. Yeah, but at the time Mayweather moved up, morale. Uh, uh, Diablo Corrales was like the Killer. man of that division. He really was. So that would be my only. That would be my only retort to you. But if you if you were to turn around and say, Cassius Ono is you know has about two hundred pounds on Gargano, I can. I can um, understand that.
1: I'm not even gonna say the weight difference. I think the difference. Well, in uh, 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 for the for the benefit of those listening, we acknowledge that wrestling is scripted. Boxing is only half. Have- we acknowledge that. But uh, my, the difference, in my opinion, would be that Floyd Mayweather's... His thing is, I'm not going to take any punishment. Gargano's thing is, I'm just going to take more punishment than you can and outlast you. That's going to run out when everybody you face is 6'1", 6'2", 250 and bigger. You know what I mean? So and, so, and I'm not saying he can't do it. I'm not saying I don't want him to do it. I'm just saying... NXT is not WWE. Think about the top six guys in NXT. Adam Cole, what? 5'10", 190, 200 pounds, 210. Mm-hmm. Alistair Black, 6'3", 215, maybe 220. Uh, Ricochet, 5'10", 190. Dream, 6'4", 225. Like, the top guys on that show are Ciampa, who just put on 15 pounds of muscle still is a cruiserweight but in the eyes of WWE so the guys that he's facing sans uh, Ono they look that much bigger than him and he's already they're already smaller than usual when he gets to the main roster and he's fighting Roman and Seth and Dean and Braun and uh, you know what I'm saying like, and the thing is and again I'm not Try, and I know we're taking too long on this topic. I'm sorry. I'm not trying to say small guys can't make it, but if you put Gargano next to Brian or Finn, he still looks smaller than them. They're already small.
0: Yeah, I mean, because Daniel Bryan, height wise, is quite small, but Daniel Bryan is quite thick. Yes. So, and and Finn he wrestles a mat based yeah, offense. And Finn doesn't have an ounce of body fat on him.
2: Jesus Christ, no. Um, Eat up. Yeah, as a, yeah,
0: that's I, I, I completely you agree did say that out loud. I mean, don't worry about it. That's fine. I think just accept it. Own that. I would do the exact same. Okay. Um, so, not like, I completely agree, and that's why maybe but yeah, if he, if and when he goes up, if he doesn't go to 205, you would need to sort of match him carefully in the sense that, right, well, SmackDown doesn't have all these giants. Where he he can still stand toe to toe with likes of AJ etc., and he might not look that small. Um, I, and I suppose if we maybe the other one would be is a kind of like if you look at when Pacquiao was moving up through the weight divisions. So, but eventually, like you said that catches up on you, and it will catch up on him. But I think if he moves to Raw, you know he we won't see him ever. Like he won't be doing anything significant if he goes to SmackDown. The way SmackDown is now. I think he has more of a chance to succeed because, like you say, there's more guys who, yes, they're all bigger than him, but they're not bigger than him in the sense that when you look at it and say, wow, that's a complete, that is a complete mismatch. It might look like a mismatch, but you still would give him a chance as opposed to if he was stood toe-to-toe with Braun Strowman, for instance.
1: Yeah. Well, I will say this, and I guess we can move on to this, but if nothing else is over enough, he's, oh, he's way over enough.
2: Mm-hmm. Uh-huh. Mm-hmm. I would agree. It's one of those ones, the main roster is just uh, a lucky lottery. So, no,
0: so, can I just quickly ask one more question before we move on? Uh-huh. Is Gargano over because of Gargano, or is he over so much as a babyface because of how much we hate Champa?
2: He was already over before Champa came back. Well, Champa's already yeah, yeah. always been in the background, but that Almas yep. match was top notch.
1: Go even further back. The reason people love Ciampa is because they love Gargano. And Gargano embraced Ciampa, so they said, okay, we'll love you too because we love him.
0: Mm -hmm.
1: It's always been about Gargano.
2: Yeah,
0: yeah, you got that impression anyway from quite early on from the Cruiserweight uh, Classic
1: moment as well. Oh, what a match. What a match. (laughs) Can can I argue that match is better than the match we saw at uh, TakeOver New Orleans?
2: It's an unpopular opinion, and this might be the first time I've said it out loud, but I preferred it.
1: I mean,
0: I, I've i been on record saying that gargano Tommaso Ciampa match wasn't even my favourite match on the New Orleans card anyway. That's
2: right.
0: I mean, I really did like it, though, and I remember when Clive told me to watch Gargano-Ciampa from Cruiserweight Classic, and I was stood <laughs> on the train on the way home from work, and the train we were literally packed in like sardines, and I was sitting here watched out there watching this. And at one point, I think I text Clive saying, "What the fuck did I just see? What did I see? What is going on? What's It was unbelievable, unbelievable.
2: Right. So, to, don't mean to cut you off there. We'll just move on to the next topic, if that's all right, gentlemen. Yeah. Right. So, next one is the best female champion of NXT. And third place with ten percent of the votes was Bailey. Uh fourteen percent goes to Sasha in second place and I have staggering sixty six percent and there's no surprise as to who I'm going to say here. Yeah. Uh, Ask her.
1: Two and a half years on big dog? Yeah.
2: It's it's well deserved. She was my Absolutely. vote. I understand can,
1: can you make an argument
0: for someone else? No. Can you? No. You, if you want to, sure. But there's no. No, way. I mean, I, I, yeah, I can't, I can't,
2: I can't. Well, can you make an argument for in terms of creative? Because Sasha and Bailey, they had some few months between them, but seen just terms of longevity, creative yeah. for the most part and dominance. Uh, Asuka was. She 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 won't be beaten. I know Shayna Baszler. They've got a similar thing going on, but Asuka's just. I don't think she'll be beaten in terms of favourites for a long time in the next
0: and, and the thing that you just say is um, where you said dominance, and that's not like a Brock Lesnar type dominance, where she just she's booked in to squash opponents like. Well, she was, num- some people. Some some people, but in a lot, a, a number of her matches, there was a times where were like, oh my goodness, she's about to lose, so they didn't book her to the point that. It felt like a foregone conclusion, and I think that helped her reign. Yeah,
2: that's why the
0: em- the, em- the, em- the Ember Moon matches were unbelievable. I really, the really Bailey liked them. matches. Yep, mm-hmm.
2: yep. That's why I was a bit confused as to why people were unhappy that Asuka had a competitive match with Emma on her main roster debut. I think well, because uh, it's uh, I, I, it was yeah, the first uh, match.
0: And I was one of them. I like I said, and to me, because didn't Emma then just leave like a couple of days later?
2: No, but didn't
0: so? But to, for me, it was just I. I understood, and, and you you you're a totally vaccine, but she wasn't booked like that in NXT. But I was like, I know, but they made it was like a month to six week build to her debut, and I was just like, I'm sorry, Emma, but as great as you are, as much as I like you, you had lay down. You yeah. got to get beaten in a minute, two minutes. Like you just need to get. Yeah. You just need to get thrown around the ring. You, Emma and Asuka must be dominant, and I was quite surprised when they didn't do that. And I thought it was nothing against Emma; it was just all about we've portrayed this woman for the last two and a half years to be the most dominant female in the world, etc., etc. And we just have to now her first time to the main audience or the mainstream media, mainstream fans, etc. We just have to book her in that kind of manner where she. As
1: the female equivalent of Brock Lesnar. Well, flip it like this. When Braun redebuted after left the Wyatts, would we look at him the same way if his first match was a 15 minute match that was competitive against anybody?
0: Uh, I agree. He, and I don't he mean, needed like... that
1: dominant build.
2: Mm-hmm. The, I'm just, I mean, there's, there's, as I said, 33 votes for Asuka. And Sasha and Bailey got 11 between them. It's a shame, and I know Asuka was very popular, but it is a shame that Bailey and Sasha only got so little. Like, see Bailey's run. See, in terms of fan reaction, fan interaction, and um, relatability, she had a very similar run as Finn. Just with how over she was, and they were in their peak time for NXT, their first big, big peak. Um,
0: I- go ahead, go ahead. No, I think. They probably won't get the recognition as champions alone. But I think when you think of Bailey or you think of Sasha, you automatically just go to the, their feud and their matches as opposed to their actual title reigns. I think when people think of Bailey and Sasha from NXT, they think of Bailey and Sasha like from Brooklyn or any other matches they've had together, as opposed to their individual
1: title run. But see, look, I, I, so so I hear what you're saying, but that's. They're not. We're not not giving them credit because we're giving Oscar more. It's like you're not taking away what Magic Johnson and Larry Bird did because you say Jordan and LeBron are better. That's not a diss. It's just she raised the bar so far. Or for my football loving friend, it's not like saying, "Oh well, yeah, Wayne Rooney was good, but he's no he's no Cristiano Ronaldo." Like that don't mean that Rooney wasn't no wasn't good, good. It just means a guy's better. So Oscar raised the bar so significantly much higher. The real tragedy in this in the survey is Paige didn't get a vote. That's the that's the that's the tragedy.
2: No vote. Paige created all. the bill. I know. No vote at all. Not one. Shana got a vote.
1: Very
0: surprised at that.
2: Well we didn't vote for her, so <laughs> I mean, see when you've got people... I
0: voted Asuka, so...
2: When you've got someone like Asuka, it's hard to vote for anyone else. I just think, Sasha with seven votes, it seems like people see the three pay-per-views in a row. I mean, see 2015, in my opinion, every single women's match, every single takeover, the women's match was the best. And Sasha was in three or four of them. You had the Fatal 4-Way between the 4 horsewomen. You had the Sasha versus Becky Lynch. Terribly underrated match and if you haven't seen it, I'd implore you to watch it. It's basically a submission mat. match. Oh, by a by a mile. Unbelievable. Um and then, you know, Brooklyn too. No, sorry, Brooklyn one and the Iron Women match, the half hour Iron Woman match. That's um, that's a, I know Sasha wasn't the champion in that last match, but she was in the main event spot for a considerable amount of time during NXT's first peak period. So mm-hmm. I, I know I'm saying I feel bad that Sasha didn't get more votes, but I didn't vote for her. So, <laughs> I
0: think, like two quick points is like I remember when William Regal came out and made the announcement; it was going to be an Iron Woman match, and it was like, oh my goodness, oh. like, like oh this is I can't believe they've done something like this. And the other thing, it's just to sort of piggyback off what Van said. I think it's not so much it's a disservice or, or being disrespectful to Sasha and um, Bailey. Like you said, it's just because the bar was set here, but Aska took the belt and raised the bar even higher. I think so. It's just sort of giving her her credit. So it's not like I said, it's not to it's not to 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 make. I'm um, not so much a mockery, but not to give Sasha and Bailey the credit they deserve. But like, it's, yeah. it's just, it's just that Asuka took it to another level.
1: Can 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 I make can I make the hot take of the year? Hot mm-hmm. take of the year, and you know, remember this. Call me crazy. The most prestigious championship in all of professional wrestling.
2: NWA. NCAA NCAA NWA World's Hell. World hell no. God, no.
1: No. 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 <laughs> sorry, sorry, Caleb. This is the this is the wrong show for that. <laughs> um. <laughs> is the NXT Women's Champion because the level of champions, the level of competition, the level of matches that have consistently gone on for that title uh, is is unparalleled.
2: They had some of the... It had, for me, the best women's match I've seen. And as far as I'm aware, James Boyd, is that not... See, the Brooklyn match? Is that not his favorite match ever? Is that right? probably for, is it's I definitely don't remember there.
1: but I would he's a rock fan so there might be a rock match back in like 2001 or 2
2: mm-hmm.
1: that he loved but yes my god that well and and the thing is there have been better matches Asuka Ember Moon 2 is the greatest wrestled women's match I've ever seen
0: so Ooh. would you would
1: you put that above Charlotte Asuka but we just saw WrestleMania yeah okay in terms of just in terms of just in ring that's mm-hmm. the greatest wrestling match I've ever seen. So there you've... were better stories, but...
2: That is quite... I think that's more of a hot take than what you said about the title.
1: Okay. I, I'll, I'll accept that, but my gut... And then, you know, um, just the, the Paige Emma match that started it, Charlotte versus Natalia, um, which was a, a great match, and Charlotte had to be wrestling for like six months total, <laughs> you know, Charlotte and Bailey, Sasha and Charlotte, Charlotte and and Charlotte. I mean, Sasha and Bailey. Uh, then what was it? Um, I'm sorry, Sasha and, before Sasha and Bailey. Sasha and Becky. Fatal Four Way. Bailey versus Sasha one. Bailey versus Sasha two. Just it's Ember versus. I'm not Ember. Uh, Oscar versus. Um, Oscar versus Bailey. Bailey. Oscar versus Bailey two. Oscar versus Mickey James. Oscar versus Nikki Cross. Oscar oh versus... oh my goodness! Oh. Think about it. You know, Oscar versus Ember two greatest in my mind. This is NXT. Ember finally yes. wins. All Ember's matches were good, but the Ember's the Ember Shana matches may not be.
2: Oh, your... I'm, a, I'm a big fan of those matches.
1: I love them, but but they, they may not be what you would see if you were watching Stardom, right? terms of in ring right. stuff but in terms of true genuine character work and storytelling tremendous matches it's god is so much quality like you mentioned and i made
0: us. i've actually written down in my notes in the notes app um to mention asker and m uh, and nicky cross and you mentioned it um it was, I, it, was Clive, it was Clive that texted me the next day saying, you must watch this match. And I went in and watched it and I was like, oh my goodness, like, listen- absolute chaos. And, and the finish to the match was mm. unbelievable as well.
2: Just so you know, listeners, you know when it's a good match, when I text Cl- uh, Ricky the next morning saying, you have to watch this match.
0: <laughs> or vice versa as well.
2: Aye. When we go out of our way to actually talk to each other, <laughs> to say, <laughs> watch this. <laughs> So that's actually a nice segue to the next category of best female non-champ. Um, and this is the toughest category to me. This was tough. There's quite a lot of votes here, actually. Um, but in third place with 10% with Kairi Sane. Interesting yeah. pick. Ah. Twi- yeah, I feel the same, honestly, as well. 20% is Becky Lynch. She did very well with 10 votes. 16 votes. Nikki Cross. Fantastic. So who did you vote for, Clive? Oh, Nikki Cross.
1: <laughs> and who there. did you vote for, Richie? Uh, Becky. Y'all are gonna hate me.
2: And I'm gonna have a guess at who you voted for from this list. Go ahead. You uh, for uh, it?
1: Is, uh, are they on the list? On, it has to be on the Aye. list. But yes.
2: Uh, you Emma? voted for Blue Pants.
1: <laughs> <laughs> no, 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 no. no. Lever Base is great. But
2: oh. no, nah, a- yeah. Emma? Emma?
1: No, I voted for Peyton Royce. Ah, right, okay.
2: Excellent.
1: Longevity. Yeah. But longevity She was there Well not just Not simply Longevity She was there three years Maybe three Total Not counting the years She trained But she was She was on TV For three years Off and on She Truly had a character arc Where she started off As a nobody And mm-hmm. grew to be A very competent wrestler She's still average But From oh, where no. she started
2: I think she's A bit higher than average She's actually For a while I thought Billy Kay Was better when they started up the iconic duo, When they started, yes. But when Peyton Royce, she, it was actually when Billie Kay was injured, Peyton Royce just took the reins and yes. I think she's very competent in the ring. I quite enjoy her work.
1: Um, but also, but also their character and how well they've done in their stories. Like, think of the two Fatal Four-Ways she's been in on takeovers. The one in San Antonio against Asuka with Billy and Nikki. And then the one here in Houston, against Ember, Kyrie, and Nikki, just the way she acts terrified when something's about to happen to her, like just the character work. Uh-huh. Um, and she and and I think the reason this this I think the reason this is so difficult is because since the all the champions have been such quality that the others get forgotten because there's so much quality with champs. Uh-huh. So. I wanted to give love to somebody nobody else would give love to, so I I shouted out Peyton Royce.
2: See, the number two in that list was Becky Lynch. Now, she didn't actually have an amazing run in NXT when you think about it. She didn't do
1: anything of note except for those two matches, yeah.
2: So I'm wondering if people's perception of Becky Lynch now, where she's sort of underutilized and not used to her full potential on the main roster... Influenced people's votes because that's 10 votes, and when you, as you said, there, she did have a great match with Banks but didn't do much of note on NXT. Ricky? Well, yeah, go ahead.
0: Yeah, I think that probably did play a bit into my thinking because I was either going to go with herself or Emma. I actually did like Emma, she came up with that whole, was it like. She when she debuted, did she not come up? And she was sort of teaming with um, Santino for a while as well.
1: Yes, which you guys uh, may Yeah,
0: but I was, I was, I was tempted to go with Emma. I just felt, like I said, I think it probably did play more into my thinking. that, wow, look what she is, and why didn't we see this in NXT? Maybe shoot know, but thinking it, maybe she just wasn't ready. Maybe she, whatever reason. Um, what you, Vance, what you said earlier on about <clears throat> Tyler Breeze sort of being the glue. Like, you kind of get that feeling and impression that that's what Becky Lynch, in a sense, is to what the women's division on SmackDown. mm mm-hmm. um, So I think probably more so what she or what she hasn't achieved on the main roster or what they haven't booked her to do on the main roster probably played a bit in my thinking and my decision-making there. Um, I, even when I, when I was looking at the list and I was about to pick her, I had to go double-check just to make sure, like... That she didn't have just like a, a one day or a one week reign because it kind of blew my mind. I was like, I need to double check this because it doesn't make it didn't, it didn't make sense to me. I just thought maybe there was a, there was somewhere miss somewhere, just a week or two or whatever, maybe a day, an evening that maybe we just missing. So, but like you say, when, when you do when you do sit and you take the emotion out of it, what you see right now or what you feel towards it right now, you do realize that maybe there were only a handful of matches that. She that were really really uh, stood out from her NXT days, but like I said, I think what she is now definitely played a part in my thinking and my decision to go with her.
2: Well, I went for Nikki Cross, said before it could be a bias, she has a stronger
0: yes, yeah, there's no could without it.
2: Hold on, (laughs) I'm not, I mean, she had 16 votes, I wasn't the only one. Um, her accent is stronger than mine and Ricky's combined, I think.
0: Shayna like, we, <laughs> we, we we do our best to try and not sound normal but yeah. So f- that, that's how that's how people from Glasgow sound.
2: Yeah. <laughs> Here's looking at you, Drew McIntyre <laughs>
0: He's not from Glasgow but
2: ah, he's from here That's the same like,
0: that's further down the
2: road further down the road likes. Uh, so Nikki Cross, she's obviously very popular just now. She's been a bit quiet even especially since the Sanity call-up. Um, I just think she was a star after that last women's standing match with Asuka. It was the first opponent who I thought showed no fear whatsoever. Uh, and She really took it to Aska, and had Asuka had to raise her game because of her. And through, That's a good point. Due to Asuka's Longevity at the top. I think she's got a lot of in kayfabe. She's got a lot to thank Nikki Cross for because she took her to the limit. Uh, she's a very crisp wrestler. Promo work obviously needs a bit of work. She doesn't speak that much, um, so maybe that's why she's kept behind. Still got some work to do there. But I think they were starting to test the waters because with this whole dusty finish last week on NXT where she basically stole the belt from Shayna Baszler, she was running the barricades, she stopped in front of a, a father and daughter and she let the, the daughter sort of look at the belt, I think that's them testing the waters to see if she would be able to as a babyface, get over with the younger audience, which is a hard mm-hmm. task when you think of how unhinged and feral she comes across but maybe, like, I don't know if she'll beat Shayna Baszler we'll talk about that later um, but I think momentum is on her side at the moment she's probably one of the more experienced in the roster as well actually
1: which is that's the real reason they kept her because she was experienced and she was established so you needed somebody to help the Dakota Kai's and Candace LeRae's of the world get to her level in the eyes of the fans so that when she leaves there's real stars but maybe I looked at this this survey differently than a lot of people I looked at the survey as strictly only during their time in NXT. No bearing on what they've done before, no bearing on what they've done after. Which is the reason why people like Kyrie Sane and Nikki Cross and Dakota Kai and as as great as she is, Ruby Riot, I can't give them much love because they ain't done much. Mm-hmm. Like, I, can you name me five Nikki Cross matches she's had, and I'll give you the fatal four, the two fatal four ways, and I'll give you the the last ma- last woman standing.
2: You okay. can't. Okay, right, viable point.
1: But she's so. There's far- no this. No she's great, but yeah, go ahead. Uh,
2: it really. You prove a point. You've left me a speechless, ranch, Thank you.
1: Well, but when you ask me on the show, you know what you're getting.
2: I know. But see the thing is, she's used frequently she was used frequently in sanity matches.
1: Absolutely. Uh, she 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 has been a very visible character, which is why I'm okay with her winning, but but I'm just saying that that was my argument for not choosing her.
2: For a long time was that yeah. So sorry, for a long time she was the most popular star from Sanity, in my opinion.
1: She was the reason they got over. Mm-hmm. Uh, but when we're talking about the best female non-champion in the 20, in the years of the 20 takeovers, I don't know I can give her that when I can't name five matches she's had, you know. And okay. to be honest with you, of everybody on the list that wasn't, that really wasn't a champion, uh, I can't really name a, a bunch of Peyton Royce matches either. Um, Emma's probably one I can name the most matches from, mm-hmm. but, which Emma probably should have won if we're honest. Um, but I picked Peyton only because I didn't have a get like there was no pick that was like hey this is right uh-huh. so I want to show love to somebody I didn't think would get any love anyway
2: okay that's fair enough I like your reasoning behind the, your picks it's quite interesting thank you
1: r- re- rhyme behind the reason r- reason behind the r- you know what I'm trying to say
2: uh huh oh I think so uh, <laughs> so <laughs> I want to I'm going to hazard a... No, I don't think it's much of a guesswork, actually, for the next category, which is Best Tag Team Champions. Um, yeah. You, I'm going to guess that you voted for Revival. Yeah. Ricky, did you vote for Revival? Yeah. As did, yeah. As did I. They had 34 votes, 68%. Um, DIY came second with seven votes, and Undisputed Era with four votes interesting. Uh, already. I know, yeah.
0: You know, straight up, I'm I'm kind of stunned at how few votes Alpha got.
2: Two. Mm-hmm.
0: Well, AOP got less. They got one. Mm-hmm. I think I'm, quite, an... I'm quite surprised, at Undisputed Era as well.
1: Well, they're revisionist history and they are indie, indie darlings. Oh, O'Reilly I'm, and I'm, Fish I'm, are indie darlings. American Alpha stunned me because.
2: Remember how much long, I was a big a long, fan long of them? Long
0: time, I said they were the best tag team in the world. In yeah, I thought
2: they were. I thought they were like
0: I'm not. I'm not going to go away from a revival pick, but I'm just surprised that Alpha got so few. Um, yeah, they're best D- in the world. Yeah,
1: D.I.I.
0: D- oh. was seven. No, I thought. Uh, this was. I think this was more like before the Usos became the Usos.
2: Yeah, like like at
0: that time right now, no, like at that time we're about two and a half two or so years ago, it was right before the Usos became what they are now. Um, but like I don't think there's it, any dispute who the best tag team in the world at the moment are. So But I am like just quite sure. the Bucks too. Thing. They deserve to be in a conversation. Yeah, 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 yeah. Most definitely. Um and the fact that they only do flips and stuff is just utter nonsense. You know, I find that quite laughable. It's just people oh. who still see a few minutes if no like like I understand why you might have that thinking, but that's not all they do. Um to but be fair, anyway,
1: they do flips, super kicks and now they do a sharpshooter. So there's that <laughs> <laughs> But
0: um yeah not I think more than anything like I'm not surprised that Revival win. Um it's just how few votes get American Alpha um, but like now I before I I took notes as well and I was just listening to some some tag matches and I seem to have Revival involved in like just about all of them so it kind of backs up it kind of backs up why I chose the Revival and I think why a lot of people also chose the Revival
2: oh. well
1: I'm lem- oh, no you jumping it. I'm sorry go ahead no please. no I'll I'll, I'll-
2: on you go. On you go.
1: I just, I just want to say this. For the revival. All of your favorite tag teams that came in the era. Why are they your favorite tag teams? Because the revival made them.
2: Exactly.
1: Thinking like that, bruh. <laughs> the only reason we love American Alpha. is Because the revival made us love American Alpha. Enzo and Cass were over. But when they fought the revival. <sighs> that made them feel I, legit. I,
0: I, 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 yes. I, I will say this. I will say this. I, I like Alpha. Not be- not only because the, the revival played a part, but they both seem to remind me so much of Kurt Angle. And I think for well, that reason well, alone, that like I... Yeah, That's because Jordan's I his son. Of, yeah, exactly. So I kind of just like, ah, right, OK. And it, it was the moment where um, Jason Jordan kept pulling his straps down. I was like... Uh, it just brought back sort of nostalgic memories. And I think that kind of made me warm to them even more, um, just purely because I remembered Cut. But, yeah... Like, I can't. I can't argue with your point about the revival. Like, uh, the, I can't.
2: Rance hit the nail on the head. I mean, they even got Enzo and Cast bringing out really good matches at London and the Roadblock.
1: Oh my God, that London match! Jesus Christ! And and the, and, and, and the Roadblock match.
2: The Roadblock match was that Roadblock yeah. pay per view was stunning. Yeah
1: do you do I don't you know remember?
0: what it was. But do, do you remember the? When Enzo and Cass came out and done their usual sort of spiel, their usual introduction, the crowd were going crazy. They were, it was an unbelievable crowd, the NXT London one.
2: They were melting. That, that, yeah. Was, yeah, that,
0: was that, yeah. That, 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 was the pay per view? That was the takeover where, like, a couple of days before Roman killed Triple H, wasn't it?
2: Uh-huh. I think it was yeah. London that started the the White Stripes Seven Nation Army chant for Amori.
1: No, they started everything because they all started. Uh, uh, ba- hey, Bailey! Ooh, ha, I want to
2: know. Song. <laughs> I was not a fan of the London crowd, to be honest. I don't know; no. it's just.
1: Well, were, from, g- from a yank like me, it was tremendous.
2: Well, they gave Corbin a lot of stick that felt a bit too personal. Personal, they were saying you're shit okay. and you know you are. I thought that's not fair. <laughs> <laughs> <laughs>
0: That's funny. I think
1: it's th- disrespectful.
0: Uh, it's funny. I think it's because we hear this kind of thing on a weekly basis, so we're like, uh, uh, game
2: and we liken yeah. it to the football, which has a vitriolic atmosphere. Uh, yeah. So maybe that's why. But the revival, end zone cast American Alpha, that Dallas match was AOP. something else. AOP. Do you remember the? Two out of three falls match on TV between Revival and Alpha.
0: Yeah,
2: I have that Uh, DIY at Brooklyn Two DIY and uh,
0: Toronto, wasn't
2: it? Oh, beautiful match! That that see the final. We will spoilers, but we'll be talking about that match later. Um, I just think the Revival their gimmick can seem a wee bit sort of from the Jimmy Jim Cornette era.
1: Well, that's that's what we're saving, by the way. You beat me to it. If they bring Jim Cornette to be their manager, the revival is saved. Goddamn! <laughs> now you listen here, pal. You need to listen my... Yeah,
0: man. Fuck he, would need, he, would, he, would, he would need to bring his tennis racket with him, though.
1: <laughs> oh, oh, of course.
2: Uh, it's just the there's, there's, words can't describe how accomplished they were for me, and it's a real shame to see what's happening to them on the main roster because they're made to look. Naive and not have an in-ring, like a, an awareness of the ring, because in NXT they cut the ring off. They climbed underneath the ring, crawled underneath the ring. Uh, oh, they bad. used blind tags to their advantage. They faked tags. Um, they got under the skin of their opponents purely because they were better than them. That was all that they, they. That was the only reason that the faces couldn't hack it because they could back up their talk.
1: Well. Regularly the whole, the
0: whole um, yeah. no flips, no fists thing that's talk about their motto. They are like, they are a throwback tag team. That's you know, they that's, remind you so much of the old school tag teams that, like you said, with the, with the heel tactics
1: and the certain things that they do. Like, they are the reincarnation of Arn Anderson and Tully Blanchard.
2: That, hence the name revival, you know.
1: That's what you hey, look at, boy. Boy, thinking. I see you. I see you, clap
2: I see you too. Thanks to Skype.
1: Oh, literally, oh, literally right? Uh-huh.
2: So now the next choice, the we mentioned Enzo and Cass with DIY. With recent events, this might actually be a bit of a controversial choice, but people still picked them. Enzo and Cass. It
1: shouldn't be. It shouldn't be controversial because I know people's work has to stand alone, and what those two did in NXT, my God.
2: Well, for non for non tag tramp cat, uh huh. The best tag team who were not champions, Enron and Cass won with eighteen percent of the vote. Uh, we can't we can't say that they weren't good in NXT. They had the, the perfect formula of little guy gets thrown around the ring, and they do the hot tag for the tall guy, and they kept losing a lot of the time. So it meant that they were always the underdogs. So I can understand it, and this was before Enzo's promos started to great. I think it was because Enzo was doing these promos, two or every two or three weeks rather than every week, and every fucking ten minutes on two hundred five live. <sighs> oh, um, and it
1: was—it wasn't too long either. Mm-hmm. It was the perfect length.
2: Yeah, six votes, twelve percent for both the street profits and heavy machinery. I thought that was interesting. Shocking.
1: Shocking. Shocking.
2: What's shocking about shocking. it?
1: Shocking. Shocking.
2: Right. What's shocking about it?
1: The fact that of all of the in the history of NXT in the history of NXT the street profits and heavy machinery are the third best tag team to never win a title? Let's be real. And I love those guys, but let's be real. Come th- on, dog.
2: Do you think this is the recent memory one?
1: revisionist is... I I, I would bet money that people couldn't remember any other tag teams. So they were like, oh yeah, the Street Profits were on TV the other day.
2: That's possible. Uh, I think Heavy Machinery are good. They've still got a lot of work to do, though.
1: Both of them are good. Both teams are really good. They are good. Wait, 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 wait. Wait, am I seeing this right? Yes, you are. Yes. You are. You are... Your eyes are not deceiving you. Yes. Three votes for the War oh. Raiders, yeah. yeah they've wrestled two matches yes <laughs> like Finn and Joe <laughs> yes moustache Mountain and too cool yes
2: <laughs> too cool yeah, yeah. Oh,
1: right. too cool don't don't knock
0: too
2: cool dun 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 see Finn and Joe I get
0: Yeah, ends on it's like that you can't argue that either
2: you can't teach um, that
0: <laughs>
1: You really can't. You, no, you can't. Yeah. <laughs> I'm just... So I'm just looking at this. TM6 is what I'm cool with. Yeah, I like I'm them. fine with them being number two.
2: And I like this heel turn. This cheating yeah. gimmick they've got. I like that. I think the only this...
1: thing that will help them is if they start coming out to the ring and spraying Axe over their bodies. Spraying Axe what? body spray. Y'all know what that is, right? Axe body spray.
2: Well, I know, I know of body spray, but not Axe.
1: Oh okay. Well, it, my American friends will know what that means. I'm going to Google it. The, the, the prevailing thought process is that act like douchebags spray axe
2: down like diagonally. Yes. And that's it. So the other the other armpit is still stinking.
1: <laughs> oh well, yeah, oh, yeah, yeah. Pop, pop. Then sp- yeah, good point. Yeah. Oh, it's links.
2: Is oh is it links over here? Right. Yeah. Yeah. Right, okay, yeah, yeah. This podcast is brought to you in association with Axe Ax Body Spray. <laughs> and me undies. And would you call them Uber? All of them. <laughs> we couldn't get DDP Yoga, though. <sighs> oh my God. Anything no. else to add about the tag team non champs when we just move on?
1: Yeah. Standard, I, I think. <coughs> Excuse me, I think Sanity did deserve Wait, well, no, but Sanity won titles, so never mind. Never
2: mind. Um, best Keep it moving. Best men's title match. As you can imagine, this was a pretty one sided affair. <laughs> yep. Um, a couple of teams got one vote. And see, when you think about it. Right, so Joe Naka. Joe versus Nakamura. Um, the fatal four way between Zane, Neville, Breeze, and Kidd. Right. A couple of votes for Owens and Sami Zayn, Owens and Balor, and Almas versus Black. Five votes for Sami Zayn and Neville. And 36 votes for the winner. It's hard to dispute this. I mean, I'm happy to dispute it or discuss it. But Almas versus Gargano with 72% of the vote for best NXT title match.
1: Fast stars, baby. Five stars, no Tokyo Dome. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I don't think you can argue with that at all.
0: I mean, I I think um, I enjoyed Almas and Drew McIntyre.
1: Yeah, but it's not better um, than Almas. Yeah,
0: yeah, no, no no, yeah. no, 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 definitely not. I'm just throwing out a couple of couple of other ones that I liked. Um, Almas Black, I, I said, uh, even though that wasn't given five stars, it's five stars to me. Is is that Owens Barlow? That was the the ladder match, wasn't it? Yeah, yeah, probably. I think mm-hmm.
2: that, that while that was a good match, I think it suffered from coming right after the Sasha Banks and Bailey match. So I think I'd need to watch it again with fresh eyes.
1: That's the only problem because that match was four and a half stars in the zone, right, but it was mm-hmm. came behind a, a a tornado. Can I can I can I give an argument for not for the best match, but for another match that nobody mentioned?
2: Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm.
1: the Finn Balor Samoa Joe match in London when Joe started bleeding at the beginning of the match.
2: Oh, Dallas, you mean? Was that Dallas? Yeah. The London the London one that came down as Jack the Ripper and Dallas, he yeah. was With, Leatherface. Leatherface, yeah. That was fantastic. Yes, thank you. That chainsaw stuff. That was stuff. a
1: tremendous match. And, 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 and the best part about the match was Joe bled early and they kept stopping him from doing what he wanted to do which just enraged him more
2: oh, <laughs> I, they couldn't have asked for a better accident to happen for that match
1: yep, absolutely so that I just wanted to throw some love to that
2: Yeah, I want to throw some love to the first Nakamura-Bobby Roode match that was a really that, good
0: that was at, what, was that the Orlando?
2: yeah, that was at Survivor Series weekend, was it not?
1: San Antonio right.
2: wasn't it? I think so, November the first one that they had
1: no, well, San Antonio was was Royal Rumble weekend. The <sighs> November match was was Joe Nakamura too, I think.
2: Oh yeah, you're right. Sorry, I'm getting mixed up with my big four. It was a Royal Rumble match. That was really good. I like that one. Um, but Almas and Gargano, we've talked about it many times over the course of the podcast's history. It's it's a fantastic work of art. It's
1: a story. Mm-hmm. It's a novel. It's warm peace in wrestling form,
2: and I don't even think it suffered from the heel winning at all. I like how.
1: No, I think it's better because the heel won.
2: I think I like how Almas elevates his wins with the the elevated DDT that he does, the double under double underhook from the top rope. That gives it. I really enjoy that. So, I mean, Ricky.
0: What was the one, um, Rude and Nakamura? At Orlando was at WrestleMania weekend.
1: That was the rematch. Yes.
0: Yeah, uh, I really enjoyed that match. Um,
2: it was a good series they had.
0: it, it was. It was. I think. <sighs> let me let me just pull my notes up for a second.
1: Yeah, well, why are you doing that? Because it was it was. Rude challenged um, at San Antonio he won Nakamura had a rematch at Orlando got caught up mm-hmm. the next night or the two nights later
2: yeah. and
1: they had the money to the bank in Chicago Atami. where D- Atami, that random ass Atami match and that's where <laughs> <laughs> and that's where DIY ended the show so they could break up and then Bobby had his swan song at Brooklyn against Drew McIntyre. Mm-hmm. That's right. Yeah, yeah like Like um, that
0: Nakamura route. I'm surprised that never got a little bit of love. Um, but overall, I don't think you can really argue with number one at all. No.
1: Um,
0: yeah, I don't have too much else to say about it. If I'm honest, no. um, I I can't I can't even start to be, I can't even begin to. To argue against Gargano and Almas, um, I for a while actually I tried to convince myself that I actually did prefer Almas and Black over That's Gargano and, and okay. Barry Almas.
2: That's okay if you do, but you can't but change I don't your world. Though,
0: But I don't. I think I think it's sometimes that. I, I, for me, I think the thinking with that was that I don't think that got the the true appreciation and appreciation is true love. It truly deserves. And, and I don't know if I don't know if that's more so from Meltzer or The Observer or whoever or just the fans in
1: general. It was I, sandwiched I, between two five-star matches, Ricky. That's kind of hard to deal with.
0: And that's like, I, I just feel if you go watch on a match and watch that match on its own and for. It's as, as difficult as you try and forget what happened before and what's about to take place. That match alone, in my mind, was five star, and I think that match alone was probably my favourite of that night. Mm-hmm. So, but no, I don't think I don't think I could convince myself to go against Almas and Gargano.
1: The only thing Almas and Gargano has over Alistair Black and Almas is this: that was the culmination of a three-match series. Mm-hmm. So it was a story that that literally spanned a year, almost.
2: Yep. Mm-hmm.
1: So so like stuff like that, and they and they actually tied everything into the story. So it's just it just, I think the story puts the notch over Black and Almas because that was not really no story.
2: Well, the next one is the best women's title match, and again, there wasn't much. We've got a few votes, three votes for the last women's standing match. No, that that was a women's title match, wasn't it? It just wasn't on a takeover.
1: Yeah, we just done a normal NXT episode.
2: Uh-huh. So the last women's standing match, seven votes for Ember versus Asuka 2. So that'll be at the Brooklyn. Best
1: wrestled women's match in WWE history, for the record.
2: Technic, like the technical wrestling side of things, yeah.
1: Just the match, yes. No,
2: okay, But with 37 votes, 74% for Sasha versus Bailey at Brooklyn 1.
1: It deserved, yeah. <laughs> I mean, you know, I I ain't gonna hate this it, it, the package if I were to send you a gift and the gift was like a million dollars cash and the box was literally diamonds taped to like glued together and in in a box and I sent that to you, that's what the Sasha Bailey match was. It was a beautiful package with a tremendous gift inside.
2: Mhm. I, I've not. I will include Charlotte and Ascot in this. I've not seen a better women's match in all my days, apart from the last women's standing match. Anyway, uh, <laughs> Sasha Bailey won. Was the story, the, told before the match, and after the match, actually leading up to the Iron Women, and during the match. Was top notch, and for Bailey to win. In such an emphatic way with that reverse Frankensteiner off the top rope, that blew me away. I just couldn't believe what I'd witnessed. Uh, when Bailey won that, you notice that throughout Bailey's career, she does the backwards roly poly and then tightens her ponytail again.
1: And that's it's on. It's on.
2: But she was too pre- preoccupied with trying to beat Sasha in that match that so she didn't touch her ponytail. And that's a very small. Character, what are you laughing at me for?
1: No, but yes, you're right. But it's just damn, she lost the match because she didn't tie in a ponytail.
2: No, she won, the match. She won that right, match, yeah. Um just that added to the visual that she had been through a war, and it had a profound emotional effect on me, to be honest with you. And it still does, thinking about it. The just a work of Ricky, what do you think?
0: Oh, I think. Um the match at takeover, I think that was a moment that a lot of people certainly for me, that the I wouldn't say the penny drop, but I think at that moment I was like, right, well we're now finally at an age, at a time where the women are capable and are able to close a pay-per-view, I think we're now well and truly past the whole oh, the women must be beautiful and etc, etc, it was now can you wrestle and that's all we seem to care about so, in, in terms of the actual match itself, I think I did say that Charlotte and Asuka is probably the greatest women's match I've, I've watched.
1: You you wouldn't be wrong in your assessment. I disagree. Yeah. Tremendous I, match.
0: Yeah, I, I agree with the whole Asuka-Ember Moon as well. Um, and this would be the other one. It would be... If someone wanted to say it's one of the if, it, if this was the greatest match i have ever seen, I'm not going to sit and debate with you. I will accept it because it was that damn great. And like you says, um, Kevin Owens and Finn Balor, who are two of the absolute best in the company at the moment, their mm-hmm. match itself, people just don't don't talk about that match as great as their match was because all they think about is this match took place before it.
1: Yep.
0: and I think that's a testament to the women themselves I think
1: tremendously when, yes
0: when, yeah. When, when you have a great match that, that comes on after but no one's talking about that because they're too busy talking about your matches that alone tells you just like I says, how great that match was and that's where where as fans or just people or just in general can truly appreciate the greatness that we witnessed that night it's truly unfathomable mm-hmm. yep yep
1: and 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 uh, we we got to give some love to that video package for that match, uh, and if I can, I, I guess we can shout him out. I guess, but uh, Tito uh, from LOP never watched NXT really before Brooklyn, the first one, and he watched he watched the whole card, but he talks very fondly about that. Uh, if you follow me on Twitter or read the stuff about that Sasha Bailey match because you know people like me and I'm assuming you guys we watched the whole rise of Bailey when she we there was a point that I thought she was going to be the female Eugene you know she was so awkward and then she grew to <laughs> <laughs> if you could ever make a human being spit out vape I just made Brian do that but, <laughs> um, but no really and but you know she built up and all this and I don't have to go through a character arc we all know it but that video package encapsulated that perfectly it's almost as it's almost as important to a match as the miz hype video at 27 or the rock austin hype video at 17 was mm. like it was that important to the match because it really truly showed how, like what she had to go through just to get there. Um, so yeah, she'll show, show some love to that.
0: You you know, <laughs> you talk about the hybrid, one of my absolute favorite moments from that match was uh, Sasha's entrance where she comes down in an SUV and she's walking down with the four sort of bodyguards and she gets lifted into the ring. Yeah. And then you had the uh, the commentary as well um, where Corey Graves was saying this is how the boss arrives, etc. like, even just her entrance, I absolutely, I absolutely loved, because it was a shot of Bailey in the ring. Sasha's music hits, and you just saw Bailey's face turning around and just sort of like smile. Uh, here she comes, it's a smile. It's, it's on. Yeah. Let's do it. Um, so yeah, I, I, her, Sasha's entrance that night,
1: I thought was absolutely unbelievable. And, as well, and Bailey. That was, this was right before this was right after Dusty died, and Bailey was wearing polka dots for Dusty.
0: Mm-hmm.
2: So she was.
1: And the funny thing you say that she could have
0: become the female Eugene. I've actually never heard that. Clive just to always say she
1: will become the female equivalent of Cena. Well, I mean, we're talking about different points of the career. Yeah, 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 nothing, yeah, no, that's what
0: I'm saying. Deeper. Like, so, so she... you
1: go, you go. It shows
0: you just. It just shows you just like where she was at that point, where to where she posed. got post Brooklyn it was you know or even just build up to Brooklyn it just shows you that her, like you said her arc of her her career was unbelievable
1: it was, is unbelievable that's where NXT can take you that's what NXT can do for you take you from people questioning if your character is mentally yep, adept mm-hmm. to becoming possibly <laughs> the biggest star in the, in wrestling
2: so
0: and, it's, and it's not and
1: it's not too late for that to happen
2: it's not yes it is it was not Yes, it is.
1: You think it is? I don't think the character is it's too late for the character to work, but it's too late for her to ever reach those heights, y'all. Yeah. The okay. reason being, because the only way she can reach those heights is she got to lose. She got yeah. to lose, and she got to lose and lose and lose, and lose and lose, and get turned on and lose, and have everybody turn on her and lose, and get jumped, and lose, and lose, and lose. And lose then build back up. And we're not going to so deal with that. So what you're saying... She has to go on a cut Hawkins type losing streak. Ain't got to be that far, but <laughs> but it has to be significant to where she's always an opportunity to possibly win, and then and then the 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 ball gets kicked out. Charlie Brown. She needs to continue to line up to kick the field goal, and Lucy needs to continue to pull the football away. That's why we that's why we loved her from NXT because she was endearing because she failed and she tried and she lost. And she made us feel for her. And then once she finally got a groundswell of actual momentum, we felt like we were a part of that. And we helped her build up. Yeah, you, you know? know, and this felt again. And then we helped her continue to build back up to the point where she was good enough to beat Charlotte clean in an untitled match. And she was big enough to beat Becky clean in an untitled match. Then she was good enough to beat Sasha finally. And that was because of us.
2: Yes. They, that was very much uh, our victory as WWE fans. That was very much our victory as well as Bailey's. Yeah. Um, and I would say, we segue here for the tag team title, the best tag team title match. This is a similar instance where it felt like it was a victory for the fans as well as oh, the, compi- the baby faces. So, first of all, with 6% in third place, was. DIY versus Authors of Pain 16% in second place was uh, the three way ladder match DIY, Authors of Pain and Revival and with 70% in the vote was a 2 out of 3 falls match between Revival and DIY Um,
1: in Toronto right?
2: yeah see as I'm going through these matches can you imagine all of these on one card?
1: Mm -hmm. well can I point out one thing real quick? Mm mm-hmm Just real quick and we'll get to it Uh, In the best men's title match The winner got 72% of the vote In the best women's title match The winner got 74% of the vote Mm -hmm. In the best tag team title match The winner got 70% of the vote So NXT with all its classics All these tremendous matches that have happened In these title In these title divisions, title matches But yet these three matches Above and beyond by far Fans remember as Truly great and that is really something to take note of. That all these great matches, and by far, it's these three. That I just think that's amazing.
2: And we've not even finished picking the best matches either, <clears throat> right? So um, it just shows, like the two out of three falls match. That was one of those ones where the revival, opposite from Bailey, they just won, won, won all the time, and you couldn't stop them. They even. Dethroned American Alpha again, which I was shocked at when it happened. Understandably, American Alpha were on their way to the main roster, but and, D- no,
1: and no and no NST champion had ever won a title twice mm-hmm.
2: at the time. That's you only right. won
1: the title and then you got moved up, and they surprised everybody. And won it again,
2: uh-huh. and I genuinely see their Brooklyn match that they had Brooklyn Two. I genuinely believed that DIY were going to win the first time around. Like that was a heart and mouth with the near the near pinfalls. Oh, I can't believe they kicked out of that, and to see them lose was genuinely heartbreaking.
1: Didn't Dash climb underneath the LED board <laughs> mm-hmm, to so. pull them down? <laughs>
2: uh huh. Great stuff. The only small thing about that match was that Gargano could have mm-hmm. reached the rope in that first match. Oh. But yeah. apart from that. The heartbreak of the first match that they had just led to the sheer elation of how they won the second match, and the way they won it. That's a visual that will stay with me for a long time with both the members of the Revival and submissions grabbing at each other frantically, trying to make sure that the other person doesn't tap out. Even Triple H and Stephanie stole that idea in their match at WrestleMania. Okay, um, that's
1: a good point. It was a Triple H idea to begin with, Right, ah, yes. That's
2: true. The just such a stunning visual and it's one of those ones see where you get if you get like a plaque of a match and I think it did get, it was the picture that was on the plaque for match of the year and for, it was just a great visual and it didn't end the storyline but for that chapter in the story it was a top notch win and it was a really good feel good moment for the fans, what do you think Ricky? Yeah
0: the finish to that match <clears throat> was one of the best finishes you'll, you'll ever see um, uh-huh. both like you say both men clutching at each other desperately uh, trying to uh, not tap um, and, and lose unbelievable stuff um, <clears throat> yeah I like to say as I was saying with you like, you usually in the first match around you genuinely didn't really know what was going to happen and where it was going or like hey, it's over now no not, um that uh, so the second match, huh is one of my absolute all-time favourite tag team matches. Um, and then, like you said, if you go down, well, that two out of three falls match, that that. Correct me, was that on a, That was only just a normal NXT show, wasn't it? Was it? It wasn't the takeover, was it?
2: The American Alpha one. Mhm. Yes, just a t- just a TV taping.
0: Yeah, because I think Alpha went up not too long after it.
1: No, 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 no! That the two out of three falls match was the match AOP debuted in, wasn't it?
2: Um, yes, no. AOP debuted at the end
1: of that match, right?
2: No, take over the end.
1: Oh, literally the end. Okay,
2: yeah, that take over the Finn and Joe. But it was in the. Cage.
1: A, but it, no. AOP debuted beating up American Alpha.
2: Was that, on the t- was that on TV, or was that not at the takeover, the end?
1: I'm looking it up now. Okay. I'm looking at it right
2: Go now. Go ahead, Rick. Yeah. But we'll, we'll talk about this a wee bit. See, no, you know what I noticed as well? You're talking about American Alpha, and again, they only got two votes they were a, some team it's just so happens that their title matches they only had a few title matches in a short space of time do you know what I mean have you found out yet
1: it, it was take over the end yes you are absolutely yeah. right but that and you, and you were correct that that match was not I know it was against American Alpha because um, Revival 1 they walked out and American Alpha was getting there hey thank you we love you hey and they came out and beat the holy hell out of them but I thought that match was a two out of three falls match. It was not. You are, you both were correct. I apologize.
2: No need to no apologize. Need.
1: You know, I'm also quite surprised. War games didn't make the list.
2: Well, people hated
1: it. Well, I'm, let me, I'm sorry. Let me let me, yeah, let me correct myself. That wasn't a title people, match. People <laughs> oh, were.
2: Sorry, up, yeah, that, yeah,
1: that's true. That's, right, that's true. But that's people true. were upset that the match was not old school war games. So while they enjoyed what happened. They let the name deter Mm -hmm. their enjoyment.
2: Mm -hmm. Right, so we'll move on to the best non-NXT title match. Um, Eight votes, third place for Sami Zayn versus Nakamura. I'm very pleased to see that make the list, although I didn't pick it myself. I picked second place, which was Pete Dunne versus Tyler Bate. I know that was a title match, but it wasn't one of NXT's title. That got 19 votes and 38%. Oh, sorry. No, you flipped it. Flip it. I flipped yeah. it. I've got that wrong. That's actually quite you a surprising yeah. turnout. So it was Gargano and Ciampa with 16 votes who came in second place. And with three more votes, Dun & Bate came first. Does that surprise well, that any of you?
1: It does shock me, yeah. I, when I read it, I thought you might have just switched the numbers. No. I... I voted for Gargano and Ciampa, but... Hey. yeah, I thought I thought maybe you you done a little, you
0: you made an adjustment there just so you, it would be Pete Dunn and Tyler Bate, number one.
2: No, I'm pretty sure. Um, talk amongst yourselves about the Dunn version. No, no, like,
0: no, no, But I'm just, we're just, we're just messing. Like, yo, know, we completely, we we
1: like. Why you screwed up? Stop screwing hey. up, Clive. Get it. I'm just playing. Just, just okay. Tommy Zane and
0: Cesaro?
2: Yeah, they had a two out of three falls match, you remember?
0: That wasn't uh, a rival, was
1: it? No, no, no. The, the two out of three it? falls match had already had already happened.
0: All oh, right. okay.
1: And uh, um, Cesaro in, and uh, Zane 4 was at
2: uh, a rival. Are you so, Ryan, so you're quite shocked that Dunn versus Bait came first then?
1: over Gargano Ciampa, Yeah, Gargano Ciampa got five five and a half stars. Yes, but that's not a diss on Bait Dunn because that is one of the best matches we've ever seen at a takeover.
2: Uh huh. Mm-hmm. Was...
1: Chicago seventeen sixteen something.
2: Yeah, last last yeah. year it was.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: What well, um, can, can you remember? What do you remember? What Nakamura and Sami Zayn got?
2: Four and a half. I think it was four and a half, yeah. No, no, okay. It's a shame, again, it's one of those ones it's a shame well, that didn't get more votes but I just thought, personally, that Dunn versus Bate was such a surprise to see these two guys that did well in the UK special have such a... It did help that they were in front of the Chicago crowd, but yeah. Wait. at the end of the day, we can't change that. It happened and the Chicago crowd lapped that match up it was top-notch work from both Bate. It actually made me appreciate bait a lot more because I thought he was the wrong choice to win the UK title. We've talked about this in the UK special that we did a couple of weeks ago, Rance. Um, but with Dunn winning, that was just a great story. They had high-flying, they had submission stuff, there was pub brawl or barroom brawl action going on, uh, and it was a really heightened finish, just excellent, but I... I'm surprised that only it beat Gargano and Trampa, Ricky.
0: So this was another one of those moments where Clive texted me in the the next morning just sort of asking, have you watched TakeOver yet? And I hadn't watched it yet. And it was just, I'm just going to paraphrase I can't remember the exact message, but it was more or less along the lines of make sure you watch Dunn and Bait. Like, if you're not going to watch any match from the TakeOver, you have to watch that match. So he says that that tells you, like, because Clive said it later on. That once we see a match that that we love, we make sure we tell the other one. Like, I don't care what you do or what you or what you don't want to watch. Make sure you watch this specific match. I would definitely. I would. I voted Gargano Champa. Um, I think that the what what sets that apart from anything else is the fact that it was like a year long storyline.
2: Uh-huh. Um,
0: yep. Match quality itself was just unbelievable um, and then that moment as they both sat down in the middle of the ring just reminiscent of the Cruiserweight Classic
2: Yeah,
0: that, like, match quality alone, if you compare the match side by side, like, I don't think there's too much of a difference, but what separates that match to just about any other match that you'll see is that it was almost like a culmination of a year long feud, obviously the feud's now going on, but the storyline is what
2: set that apart in my mind. See, that's the thing. I'll sort of tie this up with the next category which was best overall story, and Gargano and Trampa had a whopping seventy per cent of the votes for best overall story. Um Sami Zayn's transition between Zane and Owens, that came second with eleven votes, and Dream vs. Black came third with two votes. But Gargano Trampa The length of the story was obviously helped, not the best term for it because Champa was legitimately injured, but it was brewing for so long, and you just didn't know what was going to happen with Champa returning, if he did, and what he would do when he returned. Um, It was great storytelling. One thing that's puzzling me now is that, would you both agree that an unsanctioned match is probably the ultimate, Feud ender should be. So, would you not have had the street fight first, and that, which is going to happen this um, upcoming takeover, and then have the unsanctioned match second?
1: Well, I think the situation is unique. I think the situation is unique because, with as much as Gar- as much as Champa had been doing to Gargano. And if you remember, it had to be a sanction, actually, if you remember, because Gargano lost his job mm-hmm. because of Ciampa. So they couldn't, in good faith, k sanction a match with a guy who didn't work there anymore. But they realized that the situation wasn't going to go away. So it was unsanctioned only because Gargano didn't work there. So it was a little different than your traditional sanctioned match which is two guys who hate each other and it's too brutal for the company to sanction it. This wasn't that. This was Gargano don't work here no more. Y'all gotta fight. We want Gargano to wrestle here no more, but we can't give him a match. So you know what? You guys fix your problem. Two birds, one stone.
2: Okay. I can accept oh. that.
0: And another thing would be that obviously um Ciampa tweeted out earlier on along the lines that it was an unsactioned match. Right? Yeah, so you didn't beat me. Which kind... I don't know if this now, next weekend, that Chicago
1: will be the culmination of the feud. I would hope to God they end this in, in Brooklyn. Because this is the yeah. last Brooklyn take
0: Yeah, I I would I would as well. Um, it would
1: only be right for the fans.
0: Mm-hmm. So that sort of... I would assume... I know we'll be talking about the later, but I would then assume that it would be Champa that goes over. Um, yeah, I think so. I mean, like to me, the the wrinkle would be if somehow if Candice turns on Johnny, but you know, I don't think that yeah, would happen. No, yeah, they, like, they
1: they they don't got the balls for that.
0: Yeah, like that, you know, that would like that would give Champa. If it's even possible, even more heat and make him even more hated. But what it would do for Johnny as a babyface would be just utterly ridiculous. Where you would have a man who tried to end his career, who then comes back and ultimately takes his wife from him. Well,
1: no, that's, no. that's that's Raven Sandman, so, basically. I don't but think. Can you imagine? Go. I'm
2: sorry. Go ahead. I don't think that's the route they're going down. Do you mean take? No, it-
1: I, don't, I don't think they will
0: either.
2: But are you thinking take her take the wife as in as a trophy? No, she
0: turns on Johnny. No, nah, she don't... wants a real man. She wants a real
2: man. <laughs> <laughs> I think it's going to elevate to Trampable directly attack Candice Larry. That's
1: it. Yes. Can you? The heat he will
2: oh. get. Oh my god! Yeah, honestly, I think that. I mean, they've done this where she was inadvertently struck. Anne was out cold, even though she was intergender wrestling all over the place. But I right. think they're going to go down that road, and that so, will lead to something like a hell in a cell where Candice can't come in at Brooklyn.
0: Right. So, so, on. so, 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 and that, then refresh my memory. Triple H and Ronda Rousey had like a, a face off at WrestleMania. He never hit Did, her. Though. Yeah, he never hit her. He never hit her. Right. Okay. He was That's, willing to
1: hit her, but he never got a chance to hit her. So yeah, that's my only reservation about that. Sure. And they might be get away with NXT because it's so smallly watched, but mm-hmm. I will like, defend I love it, I love that... it though. Yeah. Right, right. I will defend that that Ciampa Gargano Candace spot to the death. All I heard is people saying, But Candace <laughs> did wrestle with all of these in the gender match. You're right. But if you look at the angle in which Johnny fell he elbowed her in the back of the head. So mm-hmm. she was knocked out cold by the elbow. If I would do that to you right now or anybody, the chances are you could be knocked out. So mm-hmm. it wasn't an egregious thing for her to be knocked out in that manner. Had he not elbowed her in the back of the head, then yeah, you everybody got a point. Mm-hmm. But he elbowed her cold, knocked out.
2: Yeah, I've not got a problem with that like because of yep. the intergender wrestling we're in WWE now it's different different rules and all that so it, well, does it-
1: the only issue is you just had issue with Rich One because of domestic violence me mm. and Carl talked about this on the outsiders o- 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 edge the other day i'm all for intergender wrestling but you make you make it you would give yourself a slippery slope if you're going to say okay it's cool for men and women to fight on on our show but if a man Gets in, just has just gets arrested or called for domestic violence, he's fired or suspended. That's a real slippery slope to go down. So,
0: answer answer me this if you can, mate. Right? I'm not in no way do I ever support a man putting his hands on a woman. We all agree with that,
1: yeah, absolutely.
0: And I'm not I'm not talking about wrestling I'm just talking life real life. So what what sure. if um, I'm trying to think? So let's you right, put it this way: right? we don't know him personally. Right, so Leonardo DiCaprio and Django Unchained, Unchained, playing mm-hmm. plays a racist man. Mm-hmm. By all accounts, like you said, you don't. We don't know him personally, but he doesn't come across racist, or he's never had these. He doesn't have racist tendencies, or whatever. Mm-hmm. Because he portrays, because he plays that man on TV, mm-hmm. do we assume that's who he is in real life? Do we assume that he supports that?
2: No, um, no, no, no,
0: no, no. You know, and... so that's what I'm saying. So that's where do people now look at the WWE? Look at wrestling and say, um, so Tommaso Champa has just flattened Candice with a steel chair. WWE, look at that. Use user use a, use an imploring men round the world that you have a dominance over women. You can get away with that. So that would be my only thing. Is that you're right? Can people, can yes. people Can people separate? Reality and fiction, because at the end of the day, it's fiction. But I understand why people would have a problem with that, and that's why I think that they probably won't go down that route as much as as much heat as Champa would get from it. I just i I think they look at it and say, "No, we could do without that." Just now,
1: regular people can tell the difference, but you have people like Fox News, mm-hmm. who's ready to jump on something, right? Mm-hmm. Um. So, I, I don't, I don't, I, but again, from what I'm saying, yeah, whatever you do at home and what you do, you, you are not on the hook for what you do at home, based on what you do at work. Like I get all that; that's absolutely right. But what I'm saying is, if let's say, knock on wood, God forbid, any of this happens. Just speaking straight hypotheticals here, right? Let's say one. Wrestler who's married to another female wrestler is dating another female wrestler. Say TMZ comes out and he got arrested last night for getting in a fight with her. Right, Mm -hmm. he would immediately be suspended without pay until they figured out what happened, and he'd probably be fired.
0: Mm
1: -hmm. Right. Now, what if literally the next day, the next day that happened, that happens on on a Sunday, Monday Night Raw that night we have Sasha versus Finn Balor. I'm just saying the optics can be made to look bad.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: And that's all I'm saying. I'm not saying I agree with that. I'm just saying I'm cognizant of the fact that that could look bad and this is a publicly traded company. This isn't a company that can do it every once anymore. That's all I'm saying. That's all I'm saying. And I'm not, I, I'm completely 100% for intergender wrestling. They train together. Women are just as good at everything men can be as good at. So... I'm nothing against it at all. I just understand the business of it. That's yeah. all I'm saying. So forgive me for jumping for interjecting that because I know that's not where we wanted to go. But
2: well, to to lighten the mood a wee bit, this next pick category is just NXT are famed for having really good entrances, the music, and I thought I'd put a category in to see whose people's favourite entrance music is. Where is this list for a wee second? It's disappeared guys no it's not there. me? It's, no it's oh, the, the list the list I've found the list
1: I oh. just I just found oh.
2: the list right <laughs> so <laughs> um, one vote so I'll just list all of them one vote for Almas Sanity Zane Undisputed Era Tyler Breeze and Lars Sullivan I wonder if that's a troll two point two votes for The Ascension which is the correct answer this was actually cool. a, a quiz question that's the correct answer um, the Wyatts, Ricochet and Gargano. Three votes for Rudd and Balor. Surprised that only three votes for Balor, because that's one mean song. And Rud's actually, because that's one over song as well. Uh, Twelve votes in second place for Nakamura. Understandable. What I, I'm a bit surprised at is that Alistair Black came first with 18. Now, as you both know, I am a metal music fan. I do really enjoy this song, but to beat Nakamura, that's a strange one.
1: I picked Nakamura.
2: So did I. No, what? you
0: didn't. <laughs> you picked Ascension. I know, but <laughs> I,
2: in the heart <laughs> of that, really? I did.
0: Like,
2: and I like mean it
0: for so, like for so long. At times when we might be on a train or we're just sitting at work or whatever, you'll just hear them just sort of, just randomly singing it I, I was convinced you would have picked
2: Ascension. I did pick the Ascension. <laughs>
1: i need video i I, I need video of clive by himself on the train (laughs) with his headphones in (laughs) i I
2: actually i actually reenacted their entrance on a a video once where i had the house to myself and i had the ascension music full blast (laughs) Uh, and i actually rose i ascended from the bottom of the screen
0: you were saying that to me and john ross i remember
2: that's hilarious
0: do you remember who I reenacted that day?
2: Yes, Muhammad Hassan.
0: <laughs> <the> <laughs> <laughs> I had the scarfs and everything. Um I, I voted um Ricochet. Really? I, I just I I really liked it. I okay. really really liked it. I like I like Nakamura fine, like, you know, it's it's great. I I can't argue with that but
2: there was just just something about Ricochet's
0: entrance music that I absolutely loved
2: Um, I I can't tell you what but I just really really like it I was humming it for a long time last week but there was a time a few months ago where I had Aria Devari's song stuck in my head for a long time (laughs) there's
1: no
2: one (laughs) that is pretty (laughs) addictive yes that's fucking excellent (laughs) Uh,
0: right like, <laughs> The its is
1: probably more so The entrance as a whole As yes. opposed to just the music
2: mm-hmm. Same with Roots
1: can I, can I tell you a song that's Tremendous but was only played a couple Of times Do
2: mm-hmm.
1: you remember Adam Rose's first Theme before they didn't pay the guys And had to make, remake it No Oh okay never mind
2: They'll Tell the story <laughs>
1: no but so you we remember his music uh, you, you remember Adam Rose music right right
2: oh god I...
1: well the first the first theme was a little different than what he ended up using because they found it but they didn't pay the guy so then once the guys realized it was hot and they wanted to use it they jumped up the price and they're like nah screw that we'll just remake it But that first theme is called uh, "World Goes Wild," and I I know I know the band's name. I can't remember it. Fire music.
2: (laughs) Oh, what a claim that is! (laughs) Fire said with such passion as well. Uh, Fire,
1: fire emoji, fire emoji, fire emoji.
2: (laughs) Or in Adam Rose's case, fired emoji, fired emoji. Thank you. Um, right, last one. We finally made it to the end of the survey. Best ever takeover. Third place. I don't
1: even remember who I voted for, man. I don't even remember.
2: <laughs> Third place goes to Philadelphia, my favorite. Six votes for second place. War games an interesting choice there and 30 votes 60% considering there have been 20 well 19 20 I don't know if you count arrival or not anyway 60% of our voters picked New Orleans
1: revisionist history
2: brother well
1: it was great think, but it just happened
2: I know it just happened but it was stupendous the, that ladder yeah, match well, yeah. the Gargano Champa, Almas Black there's lots there, but I prefer Philadelphia because I think as NXT takeovers are always fantastic. Not the pacing, the match order, not even the match order, the quality of the matches and the sort of peaks and troughs of the crowd meant that the main event match regularly wasn't as good as a match earlier on in the card. But with Philadelphia, they got it spot on. Crescendoed all the way through. Um... Shout out to the Alistair Black Adam Cole match. Thought that was excellent, uh, and then to, to sort of finish it off with Gargano Trampa. Even the tag team match I actually enjoyed. That was Undisputed Era versus Authors of Pain. Mm-hmm.
1: That
2: was a, an intelligent match. So that was that's
1: a, the match when Kyle Riley debuted the Hulk Hogan esque uh, guitar playing.
2: Uh-huh. Uh, so that's
1: notable. Yes.
2: Mm-hmm. That's why I prefer just because the match quality gradually got better as the show went on, and it felt like it was the first time that had happened for me. What about what about yourself, Ricky? Who did you vote for?
0: You know, it's quite funny that you say um, that the the match quality and order, etc. of the show, it just started off and it picked up as it went through, as it went on throughout the show. I remember Bret Hart once said that's how a wrestling match should be. I'm just sort of going off on a tangent. It was just that that brought up he I said he wrestled Chris Benoit once. And I can't remember if it was just in front of, it was a normal WCW or whatever it was. He says it it started off quite slow and people in the crowd weren't really paying attention. But he said by the time of the end of the match everyone was at the edge of their seats and he was like that's the way uh a match should go. So I just I just I know I'm I'm going off on a tangent, but that just suddenly popped into my head. For me it's um New Orleans. So you had, like, two official five-star matches, but, like I said, there was three for me. Um, Shayna Baszler and, um... Ember um, Moon. Yep, I thought that was excellent. It was, um... When Shayna Baszler started, um... ramming her shoulder into the turnbuckle to sort of, like, pop it back into place or whatever,
1: like... Savage.
0: Oh, ridiculous, I couldn't believe it. And then, you had the tag title match as well which I kind of enjoyed
2: oh um, yes that was really good and the uh, screw job as well
0: yeah at the end where uh, Roddy Strong turns on your boy Pete Dunne but like I said three five star matches coupled with those two matches as well were were excellent um, I, 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 I can understand why you would want to go with Philadelphia or if someone wanted to go say War Games potentially maybe as well which is fine but I like I say I don't like. Man says, I don't know if it's just because it's it's more recent. I don't think so. I'd like to think that I'm giving them all the sort of the a fair shake of it. Um, I cannot, I can't, I can't go not go with New Orleans because like I say three five star matches, um, and those two matches in between those uh, those five star matches were also really really good matches. Um, from top to bottom of that show I thought from the very moment it started to the moment it ended, I thought it was absolutely excellent.
2: Rance, although you can't remember your pick, do you have an opinion do you have a choice now?
1: Well looking at the data as uh one Dana Brooke would say, <laughs> Nola's probably answered. <laughs> but I but I do remember I picked Brooklyn three. Um mm. and I think Rich is Rich has been on the on the, uh, before, at least before Nola. Rich had mentioned that just if we go strictly by star ratings, Takeover Brooklyn Three is the most is the best just by star ratings is the best match in North American history, best card in North American history because like every match That's was right. like three and a half stars or higher.
2: The average star rating, then yeah, that was yeah. Mm-hmm. I remember seeing that but, conversation actually
1: yes and it and, and it and it was a tremendous card I mean my god the the weakest match in the card could be argued was what Sanity versus AOP and that was so much fun
2: yes Naked.
1: god they went out there and they, they wrestled a hell of a match um but yeah so but now and with with the, knowing 2020 hindsight that NOLA card was stacked I mean
2: <laughs> my god it was stupidly stacked no, I don't mean yeah. that in a bad way. I mean, that was just ridiculous. And I think that is. It's,
0: it, it, it kind of remind not so much on the same level, but you know, when people don't talk about KO and, KO and Finn that I said earlier on from Brooklyn, like people don't talk about the tag match and the Shayna Baszler Emberman match because we're so fixated with the other three matches. And like I said, if you just go back and you just watch if you take it one night at a time you just watch one and the, all matches all five matches over five nights you will truly appreciate the tag match and the women's match and that will stick out more in your mind but I, but I think the fact that you got those three other matches that it's all of a sudden we're all forgetting about the two two matches in between it
1: can, can I tell y'all the card real quick to the uh, Brooklyn 3 please do Let's remind me I've just pulled it up now Almost Gargano 1 Opens the show. Sanity versus the Authors of Pain in the match we just talked about. Not to mention, after the match, Kyle O'Reilly and Bobby Fish attacked both of them. Alster Black versus the Tommy in a kickboxer versus striker match. Oscar Ember Moon 2 and McIntyre Bobby Roode and Adam Cole, baby, at the end.
2: Mm-hmm. It was actually it's quite true. special. When, you, when you're when you're yes, you. they've just
0: hit. His, th- his debut felt really really special as well.
1: Who's Adam Coles? Adam baby. He mm-hmm.
2: he's doing very well for himself right now. I'm enjoying what's going on with undisputed era in general.
0: Like I I I think I told you the story after Clive certainly uh, after um, Nola when I was just. I, I don't know why I keep going back and I watch that moment where EC3 does the EC3 baby and Adam Cole looks at him and then it starts giving out some super kicks and then he does his Adam Cole baby and I, I watched that time and time again and the wife was one, was sitting with me and I just kept putting on that one minute. It was almost like a one minute look over and over and over again and she was like, what are you watching? And I was like, come and watch this. And she was like, oh, he, he seemed... Her actual words were, oh, he seems kind of cool. And she has no concept of what wrestling is these days, and I think that just shows you just what kind of aura he has and just how how great he actually is when you've got mm-hmm. a non-wrestling fan, and she literally knows nothing about wrestling now, and she can recognize that just by seeing this one, this sort of 30, 45-second clip.
1: That's what you think it is. It's because Adam Cole cute. That's all it is.
0: I, I'm, I said last week, I, well, I said on the outside the list, remember, I'm a 10, so...
1: I'm kind of cute. <laughs> well, you're going to be walking around the house in your Velveteen Dream clothes, and she's going to be like, no, nah, I'm, I'm going to go to the, I'm, the Adam Cole guys, okay?
2: Velveteen Dream clothes, rocking the Muhammad Hassan music.
1: <laughs> Mix it all together, right? All right?
2: Well, that concludes the survey. Thank you both for joining me in this conversation. That was some top-notch discussion there about NXT, and I want to give a big thanks out to all the people who took part, and the guys from the podcast network, the guys in the Wrestling Squared Circle, Reddit, Twitter, Instagram, Facebook, wherever you are. Um, you gave us a really good talk tonight, so thanks for that. Now, the reason we did this is because, from my shite maths, I think I'm still right though. This is the 20th TakeOver coming up next weekend. Mm-hmm. Yes. And it's becoming part of the sort of Big Five weekend. They've made a weekend out of it now, so Chicago has a sequel. And the card, we've talked about, we've talked briefly about some of the matches. Lars Sullivan versus Alistair Black for the NXT title. Ricochet versus Velveteen Dream. Undisputed... Oh, God. <laughs> oh, Jesus, I know. Oh. Undisputed Era versus Danny Butch for the tag team titles. Shayna Baszler versus Nikki Cross for the Jay- World <laughs> <laughs> uh, for the, the Lassies title. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> the
1: Lassies title? That, uh,
2: that's
1: good. That's real good. The la- It will never ever be called the women's title from now on. You know, it's the Lassies title.
2: The Lassies title. And last but not least at all, Gargano versus Champa, too. Um, oh,
1: yeah, that's nothing, right? That's just a throwaway match.
2: Well,. We have actually talked a bit at length about that, so we'll touch on the other ones, unless you have any burning issues you want to talk about in Gargano and Trampa,
1: mm, We have talked about the ad nauseum, unless Ricky wants to. I'm good. I suppose the only question is, does it exceed what we saw a couple of months ago? That's it. It, it better. <laughs> and oh. that's, no, that's unfair to them, mm-hmm. but that's but that's the bar they chose to, mm-hmm. to, 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 to set they had the they had that ability to set it where they wanted, and they decided to set it at the moon. So now you gotta hit Mars. Mm-hmm. Uh, kind of, I kind,
0: suppose it kind of reminds me of Omega Akada one, where you're like, right, they, they, you can't possibly top that match, and then they go out and do what they've done, and now you're like, right, well, dominions just around the corner. You're not gonna top what you've done, but then back in the back of your mind, you're like, oh my goodness, they're gonna wrestle all night long, so. Yeah, so if the, they, but the bar is the bar is high, but I'm looking
1: forward to it. If they got six stars in the first match, and they got six six and a quarter in the second, this two out of three falls match does that mean they're going to get thirteen and a
2: quarter,
1: <laughs> thirteen and <a> half? <laughs> to right? I so think the match is right, huh? I know, I know.
0: Right, quick tangent. How long does that match last?
2: So I'm going to make a bet right now. It will last seventy one and a half minutes.
1: Oh well I was gonna say three hours, but that sounds more more plausible.
2: <laughs> it's what?
1: definitely going over an hour. It's definitely going over an hour because they went to an hour draw at the oh, one of the uh-huh. matches was an hour draw, wasn't it?
2: Fantastic match uh-huh. that one.
1: Yeah just my god I they think gonna, that was, they're, was, they're gonna wrestle in the morning like they're gonna go. I think, have you ever seen tennis matches that go 18 hours and they gotta come mm-hmm. back the next they day come yeah. back and they go in <laughs> cricket matches that, think, cricket matches they, that last a week was the
0: was the 60 minute draw was that not the one where Okada went to hit Rainmaker but Omega just, like, the, got collapsed and, and missed in process oh yeah I, th- I think they, I, th- I think they go at least somewhere between 80 to 90 minutes
1: Probably. Uh, uh, Which is why that card is so small. Think about it. It's only seven matches. Mm -hmm.
2: Stacked. So, I think I know the answer for this one, for both of you. And it's a shame, actually. But what is the match you're looking forward to the least from Chicago 2?
0: Dream versus Ricochet.
2: (sighs) (laughs) Listen, troll. (laughs) D-I-A-L
1: is... I know what you're trying to get us to say Lars and Alistair Black and you're not going to get me to say it because the answer is Nikki Cross and I'm sorry but it's the truth
2: you yeah. are that's an unacceptable answer
1: <laughs> you have just been kicked off the podcast thank you for coming
2: well she—that that is my second least favourite so I understand where you're coming from I know I'm a big Nikki Cross mark but the it's just that the other matches I'm looking forward to more Lars Sullivan again we talked about this earlier could it be EC3 and I think it's not the best match that Black could start his defence with his proper defence but it's just a a placeholder for hopefully a good opponent at Brooklyn 3 or 4 or 5 whatever it is Tag team title match, Undisputed Era versus Danny Burch. How do you feel about this one? Now, remember, remember, I know it had Pete Dunne in it, but the six-man tag match that they had a few takeout TV ago, one, two, that's right. That was really good, and I think Lorcan and Burch have got a good chemistry together. They bring a good game. Undisputed Era bring a good game as well, and they cheat to do it sometimes. Do you think this could be a sleeper hit?
0: Definitely. Yeah, I'll, yeah, I'll
1: let Ryan's i sorry. No, yeah, well definitely. Um Only Lorkin is the most underrated wrestler on on the NXT roster. Which I'm very I'm very glad he's finally getting the opportunity to shine. Only Lorkin's been there what two and a half years, almost three years, and this is his first takeover match. It's crazy. Shocking. But him and Danny him and Danny Birch is it is shocking, yeah. But him and Danny Birch have great chemistry. Only Lorkin feels like he should have been born in Blackpool, doesn't he? <laughs> Uh, just a little bit yeah he feels like he's from boston which is almost like america's version of black bull but my man is like he's a brit and like at heart so those two match and they're gonna beat the holy hell out of kyle o'reilly and roddy strong and they have great chemistry they have a real beef between each other um this is going, I guarantee you, this is going to surprise. Yeah. You remember how you said Dunn and Bates surprised you at at Chicago?
2: Mm hmm.
1: This, this will I don't think this will hit the star rating that hit if we're going by star ratings, but in terms of enjoyment, this will be that match. The one where you're like, oh man, well, I, didn't, I didn't think it was going to be great, but this was amazing.
2: So, Ricky, expect a text the next morning saying, have you seen the tag title match?
1: Well,.
0: I generally stay up now for takeovers, right. so I will be texting you in the morning, saying that. Um, yeah, I can kind of agree with Rance. I think what the good the good thing about this is that there is that genuine ill will towards one another, and I think that will come through in the match itself.
2: Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's going um, to, Apart from anything, it's going to be violent.
0: Yeah, exactly. Yeah, yeah. So it's going to be real physical. Um, and to, like to go back to your, your previous question, which match am I least looking forward to? I, I'm I'm kind of intrigued by them all, if I'm honest. And it sounds like I'm sitting on the fence, but I really want to see how Alistair Black does in the ring with a man of Lars Sullivan's size.
1: Agreed, totally. Which is why I didn't pick that match because mm-hmm. there is intrigue, at least.
0: Shayna Baszler and Nikki Cross. They are just going to, they are just going to throw haymaker after haymaker at one another, and that has that could be real physical as well. So I'm, like I said, it sounds like I'm sitting on the fence, but I'm genuinely intrigued intrigued by every single match on the card.
2: Mm-hmm. Um, the doc Chad Matthews asked a question on Facebook a couple of days ago. He thinks that over the whole weekend, including money in the bank, that the most anticipated match has got to be without a shadow of a doubt. Ricochet versus Velveteen Dream. This, yeah,
1: I would argue. I would agree.
2: This is money, absolute money. This, I mean, I, w- I don't know if it will get five stars, but it's going oh. to be something special.
1: Call me a WWE show. I'm fine. I don't really care. But I'm more excited for Velveteen Dream Ricochet than I am for Okada Omega, 3 Falls or Naito Jericho. Like that's how excited I am for this
2: match. I mean I am too. I mean I'm I am looking forward to those matches at Dominion, don't get me wrong. But I'm more I watch more WWE than I do in New Japan. So just seeing the story evolve and we touched on Dream earlier, how there's actually some really clever character work going on with him right now. It's going to be a really interesting dynamic. We've seen what Dream can do with the Internet Darlings we've seen what Ricochet can do, only mm-hmm. fleetingly so, so far, but that flip, I mean, it's not this isn't just a spot fest match for Ricochet, that was a message no. of, that was a different kind of somersault this time
1: but, but can I can I add so, also add some extra context to this mm-hmm. they wrestled one match together that got destroyed by Lars Sullivan, then the next, next week they wrestled a uh, handicap match, right mm-hmm. go back and watch their first match And they literally matched hold for hold, move for move, spot for spot.
2: Literally. They had some chain wrestling going on at one point.
1: And and like everything Ricochet could do, it was like, I can do just as well. When they tagged together for that five minutes that the match was going on before Dream turned on them, you could argue that they were the best tag team in the world. (laughs) As good as they were, right? But I think the story of the match is, and you... You, and I, ho- I really do hope you write a column about it, because uh, you you are dead on the money about Dream and the truth of his character. It's in the works. But it's I, in the works. You, so they, you guys listen, there you go. But I really do think that the beauty of this feud is that WWE is making a 10, 15-year vet who was unilaterally known as quite possibly the best high flyer in the world and maybe the best wrestler outside of WWE for a while. And this kid who's not even 24 yet, and they're making them look like equals. Mm-hmm. And they're doing it in such a way which isn't making Ricochet look bad. In fact, it's elevating Dream. That's the beauty of this feud, in my opinion. Because Dream should be overshadowed by far. He was that was the beauty of him and Alster Black. Dream was overshadowed by Black. That's why he just wanted recognition. And but he but he stepped up to the plate. They've already wrestled. This would be their first match, wrestling. And he was toe, toe for toe, hold for hold, punch for punch, flip for flip. He was with him. So I find that so interesting going into this match now knowing what we know.
2: Mhm. Uh, Ricky, as I said, it's not. This isn't going to be a spot fest spectacular for me. It very well, very well may be, but there's something else going on here, and it could end up. I think it will steal the show. I know I'm putting pressure on it, and I might overhype it for myself and be disappointed. But I really don't think it's going to happen. Uh, <clears throat> to
0: go back to what you say, is the doc said? Um, I would. I think I. I would agree that I'm probably looking forward to this match more than any next weekend I would probably also say I think this will will be the match of the weekend as well I think the moment where where Ricochet done the crazy flip over the, the, uh, the top rope and landed on his feet and walked straight up to, to Dream I think at that moment it was just a case of can we fast forward these next few weeks I need to see this match <sighs>
2: Game on, basically.
0: Yeah, it was like, oh my god! Like, it wasn't even so much like, what the hell is he? It was was a case of what in earth has he just done? And then you saw Dream's face, and it was like you said, it all just goes back to the whole—he's vulnerable, he's fragile—and and and we see that now and then. And I said, this match, I had a chance to rival Almas Gargano and the three matches from New Orleans as well. Uh, I agree. I don't think it will just be flip after flip after flip. Uh, that's not really... You don't see that... like Dream has the ability to to wrestle a various a various different ways as well. So, the match itself, I'm not entirely sure how it's going to play out. But like I said, I think what Ranish says, what you saw where they took sort of move for move and they were almost just doing the same thing after each other, that could be a theme that we're going to see in it, like whatever you can do, what you can do, I can do. Mm -hmm. So, like I said, just to go back to my original point, that probably is going to be match of the weekend for me and I know Ryan says that he's looking forward to this match more so than Okada Omega. Like, that's a bold statement, um, I I I don't know if I would necessarily agree, but if Okada Omega is my number one match that I'm looking forward to in these next couple of weeks, then that one is directly right behind it. Mm-hmm.
1: Well, well, you know what you're going to give them, Okada Omega. You, you, we, we've seen three of them. We know and, and we know that they're going to be the most mind-blowing matches we've ever seen. But we know we've seen it. We have an idea of what could happen. There is no and, telling what they what these two. Dream and Ricochet could possibly do. We yeah, have no I idea get, what they could do.
0: I get, I get, I, I agree with that. But I think it, for me, it's. I, like I, said, I, I'm not, I'm not sure which match I'm looking forward to. But in terms of Okada Omega, it's more so. I've seen what you have done, but yeah, I still find myself still so intrigued to see what else is going to happen if anything new. Th-
2: that's
0: and fair. That, yeah. That's that's a that's a compliment there in itself as well that yeah I've watched witnessed you now what three they had three, yeah, three matches in the last sort of, 18 months or so
2: mm-hmm.
0: and yeah I'm still sitting here ready to watch match number four despite already seeing three of these and I'm still sitting on the edge of my seat counting down the minutes because we're only a couple of days away from it so Saturday yeah well yeah Saturday morning over there isn't it or evening sorry
1: Saturday, one of them, yeah, but it's this, yeah, um, and part of my part of this might be my bias because I'm I'm team anti Okada, so I don't. They could wrestle a 25 star match if Okada wins. I don't care. And that's where I've gotten with him mm-hmm. at this point. I I
0: <clears throat> I've, um says I don't follow New Japan like on a weekly basis or anything. So I I will watch. I'll pick and choose when I watch. That's why my opinion of the of the of the product itself is never going to be strong. I won't ever turn around and criticise it because I don't have, you know, I've not watched it enough. So, and I know what you're saying that you're fed up, like if Okada wrestles a twenty-five star match. It doesn't matter if he wins. I mean, that's why I've always wondered if someone could explain to me what the difference between Okada having this title being, and what the difference between is him and Roman Reigns. And I, I I ask that like genuinely I'm not trying to be I'm not trying to rub people the wrong way like if I would genu I'm genuinely intrigued by something like that like what is the difference why is Okada universally loved when from the outside looking in it looks like he's been quote unquote forced down your throat if he's in a two year title reign but why can't Roman be accepted I don't like actually but I'm not I'm not here to to criticise because I I haven't watched that product enough. It's just a genuine question that I I would hope someone could answer.
1: Well, yeah, how that is after the show. Because we could very easily answer that for you.
2: Mm Mm-hmm. Gentlemen? Yes? Quiz time? Yeah. Okay, I'm just splicing it in. Hold on. Here's your music now. It's fucking quiz time With Ricky and Clive and friends A fucking WWE quiz So, ladies and gentlemen With it obviously being an NXT special It's going to be an NXT quiz And if you listened to last week's episode of Outsider's Edge Where Ricky and myself were on Ranch destroyed us with just pure cold facts, and it was devastating. So, <laughs> sorry, <laughs> I'm going to I'm going to go a, an old familiar route for Ricky and myself, but I'm not sure if many of the listeners have heard us do this form of quiz. Basically, Rance and Ricky, you will compete against each other. One of you will say a wrestler's name. So let's say, for instance, you say. Bailey. Well, that's a bad example. Let's say you've used Sasha Banks, and Ricky has to use the last letter of Sasha Banks' full name, and the wrestler he picks has to start with that S at the end of Sasha Banks, right? Are okay. F- are you following me? The
1: uh-huh. la- the, the, so the la- letter of the the last letter of the last name.
2: Uh, so you so you say let's say you picked Sasha Banks, um, Ricky could pick Sami Zayn. As a result, because it, okay. n, right, and then you would have to think of someone that starts with N. Yeah, and we'll do it. Okay. So if you hesitate or if you say oh, I've not got anything, I've hit a blank, then you lose a point, and the first person to lose three points loses. Okay.
0: So can we? Qu- use, qu- can we oh, go
2: ahead.
0: Go ahead. I think we might be asking the same question. Can what about tag teams?
2: Yes, any act that will do.
0: Like no, yes, yeah, so, but I. I can we use say. Um,
1: Authors of pain,
0: offers of pain, or can we? And then, or even if we use, say, we use Sandy, can we then use Nicky Cross separately, or
2: not within that round? How's that? Right.
0: Okay. That's fair. That's fair.
2: Okay. So, Rance, you're the guest. Would you like to go first?
1: Sure, and I will start off with the very first ever NXT champion, Seth Rollins. S. Uh, Sami
0: Zayn, Neville, <laughs> E. Uh, Eric Young,
1: Grandma Metalik. Oh, grandma
2: Was we see you on NXT.
1: Oh shit! I for- my bad. I see. That's- I forgot it was NXT. My bad. So yeah, I lost that point. My bad. Okay. My bad. Good job. I was thinking all rosters. That's my bad.
2: We can do it with all rosters in another game, one other day, alright?
1: Yeah, that's, yeah, but it's NHC day, so yeah, that's fair. Yeah, that's my bad.
2: That's alright. Uh, right, next round, Ricky, you start this one.
1: Anyone, or do I
0: need to continue from the previous round? Just anyone. Alright, um...
1: On, Allison Black. So that's, what? this, K? Colorado. Oh why?
0: Oh why? Um,
2: Three, two, uh, one, zero. Nope. You've both lost a point apiece, right? So Rams your turn.
1: Alright, let's go with the big homie, Ember Moon. N uh,
0: has never been said. Yes. Yes. Uh, N. We will go
1: with uh, Nakamura. Wait,
2: wait, oh, wait! wait. That, ne- nah. that, I'm
1: good with that. I'm okay with that. Are you okay? Uh, with
2: that? I'm not. No. It's got to be the full name. <laughs> N. Uh, Three. No, no. Two. One. Zero point five. Zero. Sorry, Ricky, but it has to be the full name.
0: The pressure the moment gets
1: to me. Do you, do you want to go one more round? Because I feel like that was like really fast.
2: Yeah, we about, can go one more. How about the first to lose five then?
1: Well, he only needs one more to lose, so that's, that works for me. Right.
2: Okay, Vansjorton.
1: I just said I just started that one. I did Ember Moon. Remember, so it's on Ricky.
2: I know, but he lost that round.
1: Oh, oh, okay. Make it, take it. I like it. Okay. Uh, let's start with Scott Dawson.
0: <laughs> and again... Nikki
1: Cross. Nikki Nicky Cross. Shinsuke <laughs> Nakamura.
0: So it's A. Mhm. I said Alistair Black, didn't I? Yes, I did. I will go now.
1: Okay,
0: is this? I know this is what it used to be called. So am I going to get? Am I going to get it? Adrian Neville. Oh.
1: I said Neville already, but that's fine. That works for me. If you want to use that, no,
2: you want to do that's, that? Up, that's no. up to Clive. Oh, that's a technicality and a half.
1: What's is it me because I got a response I'm
2: ready to go right see because I, can, I mean I, I can
0: take it back I've got someone
2: else but no do you know what I should have penalised Rance for it and I didn't because it wasn't his full name in NXT so I'll give you right
1: it. no okay
2: is that oh, okay oh yeah you're right is that okay
1: that's perfect fine with me yeah right. you're right right yes. so
2: Adrian Neville we're on to E again Rance your turn
1: Eric Rowan
2: <laughs> oh he's got all the N's there
1: That's a strategy.
0: (laughs) And I will go with. Hmm. I've
2: got one, but I'm the quiz master.
0: But I don't know if she was known. Is her name anyway? It's not, I'm sure. No, she's not.
2: Five. Four.
0: I guess an actual real name.
2: Three I was thinking of. Two one <sighs> sorry. <laughs> You're three down, Ricky.
1: Damn.
2: Right? Damn. Ranch, you get to go again. <laughs> uh
1: okay. Um Tommaso Champa. Eh. Mm-hmm. Hmm.
0: I uh, Alex
1: Riley, or um, can we go way back?
2: Yeah. He
1: wrestled <clears> on <throat> so
2: he wrestled, yeah, yeah.
1: So that's why, right? Yep,
2: yep. <laughs> I can't even think of anyone in that one. Hmm. Five, four, three, two, one yeah I me. Mean, yeah. sorry that's two points down for Vance. Ricky you get to go first this time
0: okie um Drew McIntyre
1: that's an E mm-hmm. yep he already said Eric Young yep mhm
2: I have the perfect one for you, Rance, but I can't help you. Wow, E? Oh, oh I've got five, one.
1: four. Wow, three, I can't think of an E? Two, one. Australia. Did I say Ember Moon already? Did I say Ember Moon
2: already? You did. Yeah. And that's. You're both at three losses, lost points each, so. Pressures on both of you again, Ricky. You get to start.
1: Wow, Um, because of an E, what's wrong with me? Bo Dallas. S. Yep. (laughs) Ha ha. Steve Cutler. So R. Rusev. Nope, Alexander Rusev. (laughs) Right.
0: Okay. Um. R. R. R.
2: Five, four, three, two, one, zero. Oh, it's close. One. Ah. You're so close to losing, Ricky. Rance, you get to pick possibly the last wrestler of the, well, the first wrestler of the last round.
1: Johnny Gargano. Yeah. Oh oh
2: shit <laughs> he was not in NXT <laughs> he was in 205 right?
1: um, and you thought my quiz was mean <laughs> oh my god oh has it even been anyone with an oh um, mm-hmm. yep. I got one in my mind right now former tag champ
2: I know who oh. you're talking
1: about I just gave him a big hint too by the way I'll I let know you know that
2: Former tag champ. My mind is going blind. Five, four, three, two, one and a half. One. Wow. Sorry, Ricky. You lost. Da.
1: Oliver Great. Oliver Great.
2: Oh. And see the E that you struggled with, Rance. Mm-hmm. Elias Samson.
1: Oh,
0: Elias. I had um, Emma. And you could have Emma.
2: Oh, the beauty, bro, the beauty of if you picked Elias Samson was it ends in N and Ricky had struggled with N.
1: <laughs> yeah, that's that's why I should have used it,
2: yeah. So this concludes a marathon podcast from us tonight. Rance, do you have anything you would like to plug before we leave?
1: Hey man, just keep following us. Follow me at it's Ray Cash, R-E-Y as Mysterio, C-A-S-H, C-A-S-H as in Dollars, um, Outsider's Edge Weekly, How That Is There, Social 2 Podcast Network, World Class Radio Daily, How That Is There on com. I put a column out this week. It's not my favorite column because I put it out late, but it was about the CM Punk trial, mm. com. Yeah, man, just, you know, look us up.
2: Right, I'm going to nail this plug this time I promise you all You can follow us at Ricky and Clive on Twitter and Facebook As well as on Facebook you can check out the Wrestling Squared Circle Facebook group Where all the Social Suplex Podcast Network personalities are As well as all the listeners and fans You can check out socialsuplex.com which has all the columns you can get your hands on all the podcasts that we have. You can also subscribe to the podcasts and the columns via a newsletter. There's a subscribe option on the website which you get emailed to direct. The podcasts include One Nation Radio, Outsider's Edge, Keeping It Strong Style, Ourselves and Grown Men Watch This Shit. We're all available on the likes of Podbean, Apple Podcasts, TuneIn Radio, Stitcher, Spotify, Spotify, when you use those apps, please rate and review and give us 6.26 stars. Thank you. I did it. I kind of did it. Well done. Finally. Yo, Adrian! Yo, Adrian! <laughs> yo, Adrian Neville! <laughs> <laughs> please come back.
0: I
1: know.
2: Baby, come back!
0: Did you, did you see the, the sign on Smackdown behind the commentary table? Someone had a sign saying, where's
1: Neville? I didn't know. No, I didn't. Did you see did you see Austin Aries saying, Hey, you know, yes. if they ever free you, you can come yep. out laugh at me. Yep.
0: That would be
2: good. They had a great rivalry. Um Ricky, anything you want to plug?
1: Nope. <laughs> I will no, actually, stop lying. You before we got on the call, you told us about your uh special Ricky boy band Velveteen Dream esque uh, calendars you're going to come out with. it's just 12 months of Ricky 12 months of Ricky a yep. different Velveteen dream pose every mm. month
2: it's not Rusev day anymore guys it's hashtag Ricky day
1: <laughs> Ricky
0: day
2: <laughs> on that note ladies hey, and
0: what, I think <laughs> one last thing I'm probably going to have to get Ty Dillinger, uh arrested for Infringement,
1: because that perfect ten—that's me. Yeah, it's time to end. It's time to end. It's time to go. <laughs> it's just, it's just, thank you guys for listening. Yes. Oh, I did your job. Oops,
2: no, thank you. <laughs> thank you for coming on, and thank you for listening, and thank you for joining us in a very special NXT episode. I hope you enjoyed it. Good night. Take care.
0: Guys.
1: Thank you for listening to the Ricky and Clive Wrestling Podcast. We'll see you next time. See
0: you next time.